By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. William Shakespeare. Ghost goblins and spectres thereupon. It's close to midnight and something evil is lurking in the air. This is modern escapism. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. Here is my Italian accent to portray a Romanian vampire. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Oodles and today I am joined by the creature from the Black Lagoon, a.k.a. Newcastle. It's Gadget. <laughs> the queen of the damned, the cashier of Egypt herself. It's Candy Machine. Hello. The sex fiend from the seventh circle of hell himself. The overfiend of lamentation and the harbinger of doom, it's Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, the invisible man Stig can't join us this evening due to being an old bastard and taking a bit of a fall. <laughs> so the anti-Stig League are going to be happy today. Do we have an anti-Stig League? I've just started it. Oh, just <laughs> you sat in the cupboard. Yes. So, um, without further ado, someone's got to sell this shit to somebody. Hey up, it's sticky! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We have three tiers to choose from. For a £5 month, you can go for modern escapees that'll get you extended editions of the weekly episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special and any other specials we do. <laughs> and if you're into the Dragons actual play podcast, we do one called Do Dragons Dream of Scorch Sheep. And for £5 a month, you can sign up for the Scorch Sheep tier. This gets you ad-free early access to the episodes as well as artwork from Candy and any character sheets, original music and maps we create for the show. You can also send gadget NPCs and items to use in the campaign. Get those in, please. But for £7.50, you can get the Biggie Bundle. And that gets you everything. Oh. And I think finally, need some new underpants. <laughs> for the month of November, We'll be taking submissions for the December the 5th recording where we'll do a main topic picked by one of the patrons. So if you're signed up as a patron, you can submit your topic by Twitter, DM, or email. And remember, Biggie Bundle patrons get to submit two options for us to choose from. We'll announce that topic on December the 2nd podcast. Wow. Wow. What a... Aren't we nice? Aren't we nice? Excellent. So, um... For people listening to this, it's not Halloween anymore. But for us, it's Halloween. It is so, literally Halloween. So before we continue, have we got any little Halloween stories? Has anything happened this weekend in your little Halloween heads? I went to an upstairs neighbour's party and she had some hardcore Christians there who told me that my flat was evil. Oh, good shit. story. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. And that's, a, and that's all the while you had to contend with, with Pip taking the piss out of your wine glasses. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, oh, Gadget's, fine, uh, Gadget's fine lady came and stayed with me last night. We had, a, uh, we had a merry old time. Caused absolute chaos at the upstairs. So my upstairs neighbour is probably 
she's in her maybe 40s, 50s, and it was very much like a 40, 50-year-old party, and they all clearly work at the council or something. No, it wasn't. That would, that would have been way more fun. There was no fishbowl because I would have chucked my keys straight in. Um, but I did have a good old snoop around her house, though, so that was good. I've always wondered what that looks like. But, yeah, I, apparently I have an evil flat, so I did confirm that they were correct. Oh. So, has it been extra special weird tonight? No more yeah. so than usual. Apart from us being on it. It has for, for me. Like, we, we got some we, <laughs> rare for us. We got some sweets ready for trick-or-treaters and stuff. Three knocks. All night. Just three knocks. So the last, the last knocks, just got them all. <laughs> there you go. Done. Lights off. Bedtime. I mean, the only knock I've had at my door was my takeaway turning up. Best <laughs> knock ever. Did you think, let's not answer it in case it's trick-or-treaters? <laughs> yes, but then I remembered I'd ordered takeaway. So I was like, no, that's probably dinner. Did you get anything ghoulish? Um, kebab wrap. <laughs> Spooky. Well, that's Halloween done. That's Halloween over and done with. But I want to know what you've actually been doing this week. Biggie, what have you been doing, pal? Well, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, I'm not sure how much detail we can <sighs> go into it, but I watched uh, No Time to Die <gasps> with Bondy. Bondy. With, uh, Craigie. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I went in with low expectations because I, I seem to feel like there's been a real mixed bag of responses to that movie so i tried to go in with sort of thinking i've seen some great bond movies i've seen some pretty poor ones so let's see what they've done you know and i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good all the way throughout um i agree that craig is somewhat creepy old bond at this point because <laughs> leah sado who plays his i guess his wife uh, in the movie at one point she seems really way too young for the way he is now if you know what i mean in that movie was she 32 or something like that? Yeah, so, I mean, so, there, so young. There's about 20-something years difference between them, I think, which, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. Fair play to him. Seeing them on the screen, it just looks a bit odd. Um, and I nearly laughed at um, a scene that I don't know whether we can discuss because it is a spoilery one, and I think it's maybe too new to discuss. Mm. Hang on, uh, I'll, get, I'll bring out the klaxon. You want to avoid spoilers for No Time to Die? Skip ahead to nine minutes and fifty seconds. So, I was enjoying the movie, kind of going with the flow, enjoying it right up to the point when you had the emotional loss of James when it's revealed that he's what? died, and you had all the characters <laughs> crying their eyes out, and the score is really dramatic. <laughs> And then Miss Moneypenny, particularly Naomi Harris, they're all just going, <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it looked almost ridiculous. You know, like the ending to Return of the King, it was almost like the yeah. same kind of thing. It was just going on too long, too many people crying separately. <laughs> and I just thought, what are they doing? Because it got me thinking about Daniel Craig crying when he was saying goodbye to all the people on the set. So it was almost like, are they crying because Daniel Craig's gone or is it because James Bond has died? And it, just seemed a bit over the top. I was going to go see this tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. It's 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 why I said when, uh, well, when I talked about it. Spoiler. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> didn't think <laughs> that much. <laughs> I had it ruined before I saw it as well. It yeah. it doesn't really affect it that much. No. Yeah, it, it, it's wow. why I said it, it, in my kind of talk about it a few weeks ago that I didn't think it earned its ending. Yeah, like it just 
Well, I hope to God it would like a, I hope to God it would lay on a bed and the laser going up, and it actually hit him this time. Something um, like that. I mean, he does oh, get hit by something. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with meteor? Gadget's comments about somewhere in the, between. Um, <laughs> fact that he he sees uh, I've forgotten Safine. Safine's plant is just so over the top. Considering what's happening, oh, it's so it. stupid. Um, it is just a baddie thing. But you know, there's some great cinematography. The score's really good. Um, yeah, just it's an enjoyable. If you go in below expectations, I think you'll come. I've out got of it high expectations better. now. How good is Paloma? Yeah, just. Yeah, really. Is it all the advertising, but only in the film for ten fucking minutes. Yeah, that was a real waste. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll see her again, though. It kind of set her up. Um, I hope so. Like the way you know, sort of Bond said, "You did really well," and he genuinely yeah. meant it. I think maybe we'll see her again. And yeah, I, I agree with film. the people, the way people are thinking, which direction it might go. And I think it could go in all directions. It could be male, female Bond. I don't think it really matters. I think it, it, it is just a number. <laughs> I think Double they might seven. start rebooting some of the older ones because they desperately need updating. Mm. But they also could also write original ones that are good. Mm. Just let it die. Well, yeah, I no, mean, live and let die. It's the, <laughs> the plot is the biggest problem. Like Gadget says, it's it's just the idea behind it is it's mad, but it's great. It's really interesting. But just the the reason for it, they're just overcome. And I keep saying it, it's a simple idea but they just overcomplicate the reasons why to this point where they don't even explain why he wants to kill everybody because it, it just doesn't relate to what's happened to him yeah and i just think they need to just pull it back a bit and just come up with a bad guy that something he wants revenge come and kill bond because bond's directly involved whereas in this bond has nothing to do with him at all um yeah just yeah it, but it, it, i still enjoy it don't get me wrong did you do anything really. good this week <laughs> i watched june ah there we go. Try not to spoil this one. <laughs> well, no, we're doing a dedicated. Even though I've read the book, us. so I don't think you could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw the original movie with Sting as a rug rat, uh, but I don't remember anything else about it, to be perfectly honest. And I know you've waxed lyrical about how bad the original is. Um, so my wife and I pretty much went blind into this one. Um, my only criticism, I think, again, is the sound. Um, the subtitles would have been really handy. I mean, I've been half deaf myself. It would have been nice to have that option because there are mm. times when people are whispering when things are going on and it's really hard to hear what they're saying. It can be really yeah. important. I've, I've been but, like that for years with cinema. Sometimes it's, it's a mess. It really is. It is. But as a, a spectacle, um, it's everything that everybody says. It's amazing. Um, what a great job. Uh, again, I've not read the book, so I'm assuming they've done a good job. But what I, what I saw yeah, on the screen, I enjoyed. Very good books. <laughs> um, everybody was in it. It was great. The cinematography, wow. Um, Nerves delivered again. Uh, poor performances were excellent, mm. and I think you guys have talked a little bit about the main character Paul. How he may age at some point, maybe in the second series, a uh, second series, second movie. And I can see that because there are times he looks like a boy in this movie. And then well, I'll tell you what they'll do. He looks Tim- like an adult. Timothy Chalamet's a bit like a vampire. Isn't it? He's not going to age. He's looked that old for about five years now, hasn't he? So what they're going to do in this is the second part, they're going to cut his hair. That's how they. Age, age <laughs> people like that. Probably, yeah. They'll, they'll cut his hair and give him stubble. That's how they'll do it, because he's never going to get taller, is he? Mm. <laughs> he's not going to get well, I mean, I mean, I mean, the time jump between the sections and the book's only two or three years. Yeah, it's not so massive, it's not, is it? So he could get away with looking the way he does, plus the, you know, the amount of time since the film, the first oh, one. Oh, they might put his hair in a ponytail. That usually yeah. makes people look older. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it would only be if they went to do like Messiah or Children of Doom, yeah. where there's kind of a big, a bigger huge, time jump, it? and um, Paul would have to be quite a lot older. They just, they just need a different actor, I think, for those ones. But yeah, I, I just think as sort of being fairly new to the franchise, as I assume it sounds like it's going to be, um, I think it's a great introduction. I just think the very first. You know, twenty minutes or so is just a bit of overloading information. It's quite easy to get lost in who was who. Is on the you should try film. reading the book. <laughs> yeah, the, the book, mate. The, the book doesn't even start <laughs> for ages. Oh, there you go. You're just getting words okay, in your face. Consistency there. Um, so, 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 so that film covers like the first two hundred, three hundred pages of the book. Yeah. Um, the first hundred pages of it is all a law dump. It's just words, isn't it? Thrown at you. Yeah, and it's it's not words that make any sense. Yeah, they're not English words. <laughs> no, they're just made up for this. Like the first the first time, the first thirty or so times you see Benny Jesseret, it doesn't yeah. tell you what a Benny Jesseret actually is. And, and then you've got to put in a gom jabar. Gom jabar, yeah. Because while you're at it, and you just think, stick it in the gom jabar. <laughs> yeah, the, the the effects in the desert are fantastic. Mm. Um, sandworms, really awesome. Um, Good. Yeah, loved it. Really, really, really enjoyed it. I could definitely watch it again and very much looking forward to the second one. Excellent. Jam-packed cinema week you've had, isn't it? Did you just basically spend the day in the cinema? Yeah, we, did, we couldn't find the exit. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of popcorn. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Candy, what have you been doing? Apart from, like, gate-crashing parties and stuff. Um, <laughs> I also saw Dune. Dune? A Dune. I... June. D- it's Dune. It's June. <clears throat> Come on then, let's have a fight. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy it as much as I was <gasps> expecting. What? Come on then, let's have a fight. <laughs> I know, I'm going to get kicked off this pause and I will talk about it in depth when we do our spoiler cast, but mm. I struggled, like Biggie said, I struggled a lot with the sound. I struggled a lot having seen it in 3D, which was a mistake in the first place because I don't like 3D, but... It was the only choice I had. That was the, that was on at the time I needed. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, when you're trying to hear all these new words and you can't really like hear June. it. <laughs> 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 I say what I see. Um, it, I, I just found it a bit hard to keep up with. So yeah, and just trying to unpack the last things you heard whilst trying to hear sort of new things. I found it. I don't know if I was maybe just in the wrong mood. But it, I think it might have been a, a, a kind of perfect storm of a bad situation. Maybe I was a bit tired, but I do I do want to see it again um, because the way everyone has spoken to me about it, it just seems like something I should I should really enjoy. But I just didn't. Um, Are you going to take three D glasses with you this time? <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to have glasses. Oh yeah. Shit. Um, so now I'm going to see it in 2D, and hopefully, if I can get one with subtitles, I'll um, I'll try and get that as well. Um, but yeah, quite di- quite disappointed. Um, but I mean, you don't then... have to like it. That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's... Oh, abso- absolutely. I just want to make sure that there wasn't anything counting against it that shouldn't have. Um, oh, but yeah. No, the main thing. I-, I was just going to very quickly say sorry. The one thing I forgot to mention was that because my wife is Filipino as well, and she watched it. She does rely on us watching films at home a lot with subtitles. Yeah. Because it's a lot more helpful for her to rapidly understand when you're having jargon. Oh, she'll be fucked with you. Dune. Yeah. So there are times <laughs> when I could tell she was really a bit unsure of what was going on. So mm. I think we had a, I, I, more of a I'd chat. I'd love to know what she thought of the term Quizach Haderach. <laughs> I thought someone had snip. Bless you. I remember, trying to, I remember trying to read that out when I was reading the book first time. 
<laughs> That's the thing when I'm reading it. I don't actually bother to try and sort of read the words out loud. I just go, like well, for the I, entire I've, book. Read the, I've read the books and I've had them read to me and I've seen the original film and I've read the comics. And I, I, I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm not at a rush to go see this film because I know it's going to be fucking good. So, do you, do you know what I mean? It's, it's oh, so, sorry, I forgot you haven't seen it. It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. I'm like, leading up to it, I was like, I've got to see it. 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 Now everyone's seen it and gone, yeah, it's good, apart from you, Candy. I'm like, I think I can just wait. I would I would say I still kind of hurry to see it. Just I want to so see it in cinema. S- well, no, but no, just so you can see it in an IMAX. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. I mean, I, I, what, what I mean, like, not in a hurry. I will see it in November. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. It's just like, I'm not like, I've got to, I've got to go tomorrow. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really that. I'm in a rush. I'm just going to sneak and go see it at some point. Sneaky sneak. Vicky, did you say you'd read the books? No, um, I'd seen the original movie uh, when it very first came out. and. Mm. I probably was at the wrong age. Movie is a strong word for that. Any idea? I was, I, I, I was going to say, seeing, seeing the original movie would give you a, le- a net loss on the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you would know less about the book than if you hadn't read it. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I deliberately sort of went in blind. Um, so I wonder if that was kind of working against me as well. But a, a film Yeah, I don't remember anything to... really. So I was the same, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. <sighs> I'll give it another go. We'll see. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is very similar to Star Wars. I actually get what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> I do. Oh, Star do. Wars is very similar to that. Oh, yeah, vice, vice versa. <laughs> All you fans out there. I can see where the they cross. Yeah. Similarities are, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, my main thing, I've, we've gone on about Dune way too Sorry. long. Dune. I'm talking about June. <laughs> <laughs> Terry the title Dune. of this episode is just going to be D-O-O-N. <laughs> <laughs> the Dune Slayer. <laughs> Slay of pronunciation. That's you. <laughs> um, my main thing, finally, what I want to talk about is something that Pip and I watched last night. Um, you may have seen this film being covered on review channels based purely on how awful it is, but nothing could adequately prepare me for the horror awaited, that awaited. And I saw Verotica, which what is. What the fuck is that? It's, I'll tell you, it's an anthology of horror stories based on um, Glenn Danzig's comic book of the same name. <laughs> oh, not Danzig, no. So I've set the bar. Who <laughs> let him out? <laughs> Doesn't he direct it as well? He wrote in it, he starred in it, he wrote the theme oh, tune. No, uh, no he, he didn't actually star in it, but he did direct it and <laughs> holy fuck, oh, you can no. tell. Um, <laughs> it's basically like an end of year college project and he fails. That man is haunted. <laughs> Oh, don't let me hear you say that. It'll be, it'll be well pleased. Um, so basically, it's an anthology of horror stories based on his um, comic of the same name. Um, it consists so, of three segments. Now, the first segment is... <laughs> She's already laughing. <laughs> it's called The, uh, the Albinos. <laughs> what? What? I think this is going to be the title. I'm sorry, let's try it again. Um, the film consists of three segments. The first segment is called The Albinos. The albino, the albino spider of the jet, and it's about a uh, Parisian sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! I'll get through this. Hang on. So it's called the albino 
the albino spider of the jet. Yeah, and it's a, a Parisian sex worker. About a Parisian sex worker, and she's got eyeballs for nipples. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> I am downloading this now. What the? F- Were well, you she's... on fucking LSD all weekend? <laughs> <laughs> now I wasn't sober, but I wasn't on LSD. This actually happened, and I got photographic proof. So she's getting with this guy and he's trying to take off his her shirt and everything. She's like, no, no. They've all got these terrible Parisian accents. It was like, no, get off, get off. Um, she <laughs> she didn't she... nipples. Well, they cast from Allo Allo. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so he finally rips her shirt open and sees these eyes staring back at her. And he fucks off and, you know, freaks out, calls her every name under the sun. He's lost, in my opinion. And he's just sat, she's just sat there crying. And nipple, her nipple eyes are crying too. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's not all. So oh, in the meantime, the nipple tear drops onto a nearby plant onto a spider, which then becomes a full-grown man, what? and he that starts murdering sex workers by breaking their neck. But this, <laughs> so it's a really, really obvious costume as well. So he's got, he's got sort of like. His top arms are his, but you can tell that the rest of them are sort of on a string. So when he's like, oh, oh, all of the God. arms. <laughs> and there's one scene where he's obviously like, Danzig must have shouted, right now, go. And there's a second where he's like that and then starts running. So for the, uh, for the benefit of the listeners, he's like frozen like a, like a statue for a second. And then about two seconds later, starts running. Well, that's <laughs> so what spiders sort of- do when you turn light on. That is true, actually. Maybe he was being really method. method. I apologise yeah. to that actor. So, is, so, so is, I mean, I mean, not, I mean, not to, not to, you know, poke, poke floors and poke holes in Danzig's expert <laughs> writing here. But I just, um, just because I've just pulled up the Wikipedia myself, and this is the albino spider that takes the form of an eight-armed humanoid. So, does he have legs? So, he's got that would make that would make him not a spider, wouldn't it? He's got legs, and then he's got six arms, and he's got a bit of a mangina. Going on. <laughs> and does he drink Baileys from a shoe? He doesn't. Well, downstairs mix up. Enough. You like me? You love me? So I'm that, all great. <laughs> there's these like scenes in the strip club as well that just go on far too long. And speaking of scenes that go on far too long, I'll get back to that. But there's probably two um, scenes in the strip club that go on for about 10 minutes each for no reason. There's a little bit of exposition. Exposition. <laughs> And then they're just kind of watching the strippers. Of um, course they are. But it's sort of every single scene does go on a little bit too long. And you can just kind of see the fear in these actors' eyes as they're kind of staring at the middle ground. And they're like, when's he going to cut this? When, when's he going to cut this? Please, God, I've been staring for 15 <laughs> minutes. And <laughs> it just goes on and on. Like he doesn't, he's like, more, I've paid for this, more. Do you think when when he cuts the scenes, he's got a big microphone in his hand and he's going, cut! Yeah! (laughs) That's 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 quite a visual gag. Sorry, podcast listeners. (laughs) Everyone that knows what dancing sings like, you'll know. Um, So the second segment is called Changed Face and it's another stripper. So maybe this... There is a theme. Did he just want to go to a strip club and accidentally make a film? (laughs) Yeah, and it was called called something awful as well. It's called like the Pussycats with a K. <laughs> so there's a, a stripper that collects the faces of other women, and that's it. That's the plot, start to finish. Fair enough. And then we've got a final segment that goes back to medieval times. Um, Groovy. Who I think is probably based on Elizabeth Bathory. Um, 
a countess was, herself. Yeah, I was too drunk really to see straight at this point. <laughs> um, but I did. Was, was, was this what you were watching when Pip Video called me? I didn't and know she would. So, so, so you were watching. You were watching it, and Pip Video called me, and she like flipped the camera around to show the screen, and there was a woman hanging upside down with a woman in front of her, and just they were kind of pretending to kiss, but then blood was spraying out on the woman below. I think that was the one. Yeah, I don't. I don't clearly remember. Oh, that was the party that you went to. Oh, it might. Yeah, it may have been. I don't know. Was it John, Lu- John Lewis Christmas ad? Yeah, it sounds like I do. It. I do remember there was a woman chained up at one point, but the chains weren't actually around her wrist. She was holding on, so she could have just run away at any point. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible, and yeah, there was lots of bathing in blood in that one. But I think Danzig's actually recently released another film as well, and it's a spaghetti oh. western. Mm. Um, and he is actually starring in it this time, and it's called Wait for This Uh-oh. Death Rider in the House of Vampires. I thought it was going to be something like The Palest Cowboy or something. <laughs> that man's... Death Rider in the House of Cowboys. Isn't that just um, from Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. yeah, I think it's got a Dust Till Dawn vibe, but with, uh, with Danzig. So oh. I'm, thoroughly enjo- I'm thoroughly looking forward to that one. He's the, he's, he is the author of our generation, isn't he? So... He's the voice of Goths All Round and Cat Lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and strippers. By the sounds of it. Apparently, why? Well, that's did called. You watch that, all that, these? That's called Verotica. Did you say Verotica? Mm. Where did you watch all this? Amazon, and I paid for it as well. Oh. <laughs> I actually had to pay three pounds forty nine. On Prime, but not a. Uh... That means someone went up to Danzig and went, "Here's your three pounds you've made <laughs> this month." <laughs> oh, I'm He's helping keeping the movie, his He's like, Thank you. <laughs> Wow. I, I give Danzig my money. I don't mind. Wow, 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 wow. Excellent. Right. Um, gadget, follow that. Uh, so I, I, I've got... You had a free I've house, a haven't you, this weekend? I've had a free house this weekend, yeah. So I've got, I've got a good and a bad here. So as, as The Rock says in Fast and Furious, I'm going to give you dessert first and talk about the good. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's never going away, is it? I, no, I always like to talk about desserts I'm first, t- yeah. Yeah, I'm taking that one to the grave, that one. Um, so I finished Metroid Dread. Okay. And it's my game of the year. Flat out, my game of the year. I, I was on the fence about it kind of when I was about halfway through it. I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It's like I, I was loving it. Uh, but I wasn't so bothered about the story, and um, I was just enjoying the gameplay, and I just thought, okay, no, no, this is enjoyable. Um, and then I finished it, and then I got the story stuff, which I hadn't cared about up until I got to it, and then I did the last boss, which might be the greatest last boss of any game I've played in the last five years, and it's fucking brilliant. I adored it. It just it was one of those games that I was on board with it from the beginning, but the more I played it, just the better it got. Like, it was escalating difficulty, escalating challenge, escalating enjoyment. Hmm. There was not one point where I got to a hard bit and thought, oh, fuck this and like rage quit or anything like that or get really annoyed with it or had to look up any guides. I was determined to just persevere my way through. Never done that myself. <laughs> and I absolutely adored it. Good. You pulled a face there, Rudels, when I said the last boss was great. Well, well, I want to talk about Metro Dread on my section as well, so... Okay, we'll, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the veggies. Mm, yeah, mm, ugh, veggies. Yeah, uh, I played um, a game that broke my heart this weekend. Oh, no. Absolutely devastated me. Uh, I played Oddwood's, uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I adore 
the Abe's Odyssey games, the the original ones on the PlayStation. Yeah, me too. You know, Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, and then kind of Munch's Odyssey, Stranger's Wrath, all the kind of the, the Odd World inhabitants canon. I very much enjoyed. Um, didn't didn't enjoy Soulstorm. Oh no. So. For context, Odd World Inhabitants remade the first Abe's game, Abe's Odyssey, and re-released it as new and tasty. I think it was like 2015 or something. Yeah. And it was marvellous. All they did was take everything from the original and put a shiny coat of paint on it. And it was lovely. Better, better controller, weren't Better controllers, oh, yeah, yeah. Little, slightly. Of, yeah, fix some of the more fiddly stuff. But in general, it was pretty much the same game. Like, and it had the could, quick save that the sequel had that that didn't have. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the... Yeah, you could use a lot of the muscle memory that you'd, you'd earn from replaying that game over and over again in 1996. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it was marvellous. So they announced Soulstorm, and Soulstorm was going to be a remake of Abe's Exodus. But kind of a re- reimagining, I think, that they said it was. And I was all hyped for it. I love Abe. He's a glorious blue little weirdo. Mm. Um, the context being, the, so the story in Abe's Odyssey is he, uh, Abe is a Madokan who is just, they're these weird kind of bug-eyed creatures, uh, and he was a slave in a food factory called uh, Rupture Farms. And he discovers in the opening cutscene that the sales are down on things, and the, the Gluckens, who are like the management tier creatures, uh, have a, a, a new, new item called New and Tasty, which is going to push profits through the roof. Um, and then he accidentally finds out that New and Tasty is... Mudokins that they're going to slaughter all the slaves and so it's ice creams or something ice pops yeah, it's like Mudokin pops or something like that <laughs> yeah. and so the run of the game is for Abe to escape Rupture Farms and save his 300 friends get the, the hell only- out of here exactly and the only way to get the good ending is to save all 300 of them and oh. they are idiots they need babysitting through every single movement it's so easy to kill them mm-hmm. uh, by accident or deliberately if, depending on how much of a sadist you are um, and Abe's Exodus was um, obviously the natural follow up to that Abe had escaped and the whole point was to go back into another farm and to rescue more Mudokins. Soulstorm Brewery, Brewery, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Sense why this one's called Soulstorm. And they're all getting absolutely fucked off this drink, weren't they? <laughs> Funny. Yeah, yeah, it was like this really hyper addictive drink. Um, so Soulstorm, the the new game, the one that came out the PS5 this year, um, it's not a really a remake. There's nothing I played of it that's in at all similar to what happened in the original game. Oh. Um, it starts off with you are it start, takes it takes over like minutes at, well days after um, the events of the original game, and you and all your Mudokan friends are hidden up in a cave, and that's where everything starts going tits up because oh. the writing is poor, the delivery of things is, is is poor, the voice acting is terrible. Abe's voice actor has changed, and it's now someone doing a very bad impression of Abe. Oh. Um, so. They, they, they want to set up at the beginning of the game that all these Modokans who he saved love Abe. Okay? As you would. Yeah. This guy has led you he from was slavery the Messiah, to freedom. He wasn't he? He's lovable. Yeah. yeah. So the cutscene that goes through, you just have a load of Modokans getting fucked off their face on Soulstorm Brew um, and going, oh, I love Abe. Oh, isn't Abe the best? Abe's amazing. And stuff like that. Like, those are literal lines from it. One after another. Mm. Um, and Abe is then... Abe was brave in the second game. In this game, they change him around, and he's terrified. He doesn't want to be a hero, despite being a hero. Yeah, because in the he's... original, he, he that celebrated the first game, hadn't he? And then he was like, "I've got to go. I've got to go to Soulstorm and and save him." And he crosses the desert and everything. He goes on an adventure to get to them, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And in in this one, he's he's just like, "Well, well, what, what if I don't want to be the hero?" and shit like that. Oh and... no, he wasn't like that in Exodus. 
And yeah, I, it's I, like I a Moses what, parallel, wasn't it? Yeah. The opening level is um, basically this cave gets found by um, the Gluckens forces and they all have to escape. Fair enough. I encountered game breaking design choices in the tutorial. Oh, shit. Not game breaking. I mean, it's full of bugs, but I'm not talking about a game breaking bug. So it's down to the way the checkpointing works. So when you when you're running down the line, it's a, it's a two and a half D platformer. Uh, when you're running running down, you run past a checkpoint. It saves the state of the game at the point you hit the checkpoint. So I'm going through all these platforming puzzles, and there's one where um, you're running over um, these wooden kind of uh, platforms which are burning, so they start to collapse. So you, it's basically encouraging you to platform quickly. Mm. Yeah. Well, at the time, I'm also being shot at by characters in the in the background layer. So I'm kind of hiding from their shots as these platforms are cracking. I go and jump, realize I can't make the jump and die. So it resurrects me back at the checkpoint right before it. I'd hit the checkpoint after those platforms had collapsed. No. And when I came back to the checkpoint, the platforms weren't there. Right. I had to restart the fucking game. Oh, shit. To get through the fucking tutorial. It's such a stupid thing. Um, the... Is it still Oddworld Inhabitants? That <coughs> yeah, it's still the same people. It's still what the fuck directing it. Uh, they lost the ability to make a good game. Um, you get to you get to the second level, and you are you are immediately thrown into kind of combat puzzles, um, where you so the main main antagonists in the game are, are guards called Sligs, and these little kind of weird dreadlock things that just kind of patrol back and forth. As soon as they spot you, they shoot you, and you take three bullets and you're dead. You're a very squishy character, and the whole idea is you're supposed to platform and puzzle around them. So the second screen in the second level, you're put against four of them. Um, you've got a, a blocker thing, which means you can't chant, so you can't kill them remotely. So you have to puzzle past them. But the the way to puzzle past them is to throw things that explode. But the throwing mechanics are absolutely fucking gimped. You can't mm. throw throw anything where you want. And as soon as they hear that bottle crack, and if it doesn't kill them, they're on high alert and they spot you and they shoot you. <sighs> this is the second fucking level. <laughs> um, but I also want to just really, really highlight how bad the writing is on it. And I've found a clip on YouTube for you all to listen to. I can't wait. Um, so for context of the scene, so this is the scene after the tutorial um, where the... the Get the me gl- out of here! No, so this is where the Gluckens um, are discussing basically that the fact that all the Madakens have accidentally burned down their hideout and then talking about kind of the, the legal troubles that the, that the Gluckens are involved in because of the destruction of Rupture Farms, they're being blamed for it and all that kind of thing. So, and just, I just want you to hear the quality of the writing in this one. So it's uh, the, the Gluckens speaking to one of the Slig commanders. It's pretty. A, a, big, a big airship coming over mountains in the desert. Which also happens to look like the face of the baddies. I don't know why they do that in video games. Why they make the ships look like the people. If that I was a baddie, them. I'd have my ship looking like me as well. So yeah, so just listen to the quality of this dialogue. I need a biggie blimp. Yeah. What are they doing? Did those fugitive morons burn down their own hideout? It sounds idiotic, but that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Bad Kwama for burning down my farm. <laughs> okay, first we whack that blue bastard. Then we can finally clear my name and make things right with our creepy Magog cartel investors. 
Those guys terrify me, boss. That's why we're here. So we can get to Abe before they can get to us. All right. Now I want your slick pals positioned all around this place. Cause we are not letting that Abe guy get away from us again. You got it, bud. It's just terrible. I, I've got I kind of... That's kind of what it sounded like back in the day anyway. Yeah, that's what it sounded like in 1996. Ah, right. I always remember them, you fucking mook. I always remember them talking like New Yorkers. <laughs> Not like the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, you fucking mook. Yeah, <laughs> that's just... all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the whole thing, Just uh, I lasted for about maybe an hour and a half playing. Oh, it's it, annoying. Just... Don't get me wrong, but that's how I remember it used to be. But yeah, you, they could have evolved it a bit. It's not even that they needed to evolve it. I would have been quite happy with more of the same, but it's the problem is all the changes that they made made it worse. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if this is like uh, tantamount to the fact that the game is super cheap now. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't review the... well, did it? it no, it was like six, out, six well out of ten. Released, I was yeah. going to say it, it was, was free, free, wasn't it, for a minute? Because that's where I got it, and I also didn't get past the tutorial. Yeah, it was free, it was free on PlayStation Plus. It's just not enjoyable to play. And like, oh, I don't mind a game being hard or being difficult or being tricky. I mean, hell, like I said, I just played through fucking Metroid Dread. Um, but this was just not fun, and it's really, really disappointing because I love Oddworld Inhabitants, and I love the games that they've put out. And it's just so disappointing to be in this position. Was it the same Lawn? Was it Lawn? Whatever his name Lawn Lanning. They all behind it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's directing it. He, he used to be the voice of Abe, and then they've put it onto some other voice actor now, and he just doesn't sound right. Hmm. Very frustrating. It's a shame, so. but maybe because, like, I, I I was disappointed with the Odd World games since Munch's Odyssey. I didn't Strange. like Munch. I didn't like Munch's Odyssey. I didn't really like Stranger's Wrath that much. I like Stranger's oh, Wrath. I love that game. I didn't. I, I didn't hate it. I finished it. You know what I mean? And new and tasty. It was like, yeah, it's good. It's just a remake, and it's a shame that this just didn't cut the mustard. Yeah. So yeah, even though it's cheap on PS5, don't. Just don't, <laughs> don't. Save, save the time. Play something good. Life's too short for shit games. Mm-hmm. It actually is, man. It actually is. Excellent. So, um, a good and bad week for, for Gadget there. Um, I've played two computer games this week. One computer game called Deathloop, and one computer game called Metroid Dread. Ooh. One of those things is not like the other to okay. me. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not getting on with Deathloop. You're not a first-person shooter guy, though. Uh, I just there's too much happening. Um, re- you have to read stuff. <laughs> you have to you have to dig through, and not not in a way that like Bioshock did it, where I was interested in the the, the telegrams and that that you picked up and stuff because it. It had great atmosphere. And I'm not saying this doesn't have good atmosphere. I like the main character, and I like how he chats to the, the woman. I've only played about five. I'm going to see it through. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't find it too hard or anything. Um, I like how the, the bantering and stuff like that. Um, I just... I don't know why I'm not grasping. Do you know, it sounds prophetic, but I don't like how the, um, the two-handed thing works in this. It does my head in. Uh, like I always like to have one gun in one hand, and I always have to change it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Actually, I always have the hackamore jig in the other. It doesn't matter what slabs I've got on. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why that bothers me, but certain little things like that would 
they add up little little, little, little trinkets like that just add up and I'm just it happened with Dishonored for me uh, the first one the second one I, I liked it a lot more but the first one I were always looking for those hearts that were beating it yeah. It, it, it would, yeah but it were detracting me from the actual game because that's all but I was doing part of the game oh I know but that's so how you got your levelling up bits I know I don't know what it is I don't like about it because it doesn't feel like it is a, I mean it is a first first person shoot but it's not like Call of Duty style mm. first person shoot do you know what I mean I weren't missing I weren't I don't find the enemies difficult in any way. They're fucking stupid. And I know it's deliberate, you can tell. And I don't know what it is. I'm just not grasping about it. I know everyone loves it. I just I guess I do, I guess I just don't like shooting games, do I? I think you're right though, that you kind of do have to read stuff and you can kind of do things in whatever you whatever order you want. And I I think that could possibly be distracting. Um because it it would be easier to do a thousand things all at once, and I think if you are of a certain sort of um, way of thinking, that can be a bit overwhelming because you just want to do everything all at once. Yeah, but if you do, yeah, Maya don't work with that, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think if you just stick to one path and keep trying to follow the clues to just one of the uh, the main guys, you might find it a bit more. You might be a bit be able to focus on it a little bit more. It do, it does a cardinal sin that modern games shouldn't do to me. But that's it's on me. It's on me. It's not on anybody else. Like I'm a lazy game. I like to, I like to lay in my bed and I, my monitor's what six foot away from me. So I like <laughs> I'd like to have the UI to be bigger, and it's just not. It's tiny. You can get obviously you can get subtitles to be big and stuff like that. There's accessibility options, but binoculars. I, I could get binoculars. You're right. I could do you that. You could sit up. I could sit up, but then I'd have a bad back. I don't have a good chair to sit on. That's why I don't do it. Have a narrator. These are, these are all very much you problems. That's what I've just said. Problems. That's what I've just said. It's, it's me. It's definitely me problems. Like, I, this is why I don't play PC games. I am not sitting up to play a game. I sit up at work. Do you know what I mean? I'm not doing it. I'm just not fucking doing it. I'm too lazy. But yeah, I, I think it's not the game's fault because it, it does ooze atmosphere completely. You could, see, you know what I mean? It's. I didn't die much either. I only died like twice in five hours. Have it's, you invaded anyone's hard. game yet? No. That's fun. I've had them invade me. I killed two of them. Mm. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I thought they had me, but no. Like, I don't know what it is. I'd, I preferred how Bioshock did it. I know it sounds stupid because it's way, way older, but it's way more linear, and that just works with my head. Yeah. I know it sounds it sounds stupid because I like big big JRPGs that let you go off the rails and stuff. But the thing is, my big criticism of um, Deathloop is when you get towards the final loop, it is actually you find out it is actually kind of linear. Is like it? The, the the only non-linearity to it is just you choose which order you start, but you I still did, have to do the a, same things in bit, the same order. There's a bit earlier on where we had to get to the main guy. Is he called? He's called Cole. Mm-hmm. Cole, yeah. I had to get to Cole's apartment and stuff. Sorry, Colt. Colt, yeah. I had to get to his apartment and stuff, and then. Like alarms just started going off, and everyone—I think it was part of the game—and everyone just started yeah, that, coming an in. And they were like, "Where do I go?" And it just says, "Go here." I'm like, "Where?" Do you know what I mean? Where? And I just had to just run and pelt and pelt and pelt. And in my head, I'm turning around and shooting them all, and they, they just keep respawning these enemies. It's not telling me that these enemies are respawning. Mm. And I'm just—I was just getting frustrated. And yeah, that was really on though. I got past all that, and then I, I thought to myself, do "You know what? Be a bit patient." Just ignore your stupid head for a minute and be stealthy. And now we're getting further in and I'm doing stuff like that. But I'm only being stealthy. And then I get frustrated when I see another gun. I can't put it in my backpack. I've got to decide, is this the right gun for me? 
Or is not uh, 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 and then I just start panicking and just <laughs> I don't know what to do. This way did we Skyrim, I just start panicking. <laughs> How do I do it all? I want to know. But yeah, I think that's what it is. But I did play a game, a different game. I played Metroid Dread. Ooh, yes. I've played and finished Metroid Dread twice this week. Now I just have to mention I got these from um Deadbeat Punk. He sent them very kindly of him on the old borrow. Um, and when a friend reaches out to me, one of my dearest, dearest, dearest friends, and he'll admit that, um, I will finish them, but I will I will finish Deathloop and stuff for him because he'd do it for me. <clears throat> so, yeah, anyway, Metro Dread, fuck me! Whoa! <laughs> it's good, really isn't, good it? isn't it? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I did it twice. I did it straight out. I, I did it the first time in, what, uh, five hours, I think? No, a bit, a bit less than five hours because I just whiz through it. You know how I do it. You know, yeah. how, you know how it is. Whiz through it, and I thought, no, 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 I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I did it again, and I got hundred uh, percent. I think it took me fourteen hours, something like that. But yeah, it, takes, oh. it takes a while getting some of the later stuff. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Do you know the the, the reason why it takes so long is because of the loading screens. <laughs> <laughs> Even like fast travel teleporting takes fucking ages. It's I don't it's, know what. it's weird going back to the Switch with loading screens after playing on the PS5 for a while, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just boggles your mind. And um, I'm not going to spoil the story and stuff, but I, I don't like Samus on this because <laughs> Samus doesn't say much. <clears throat> and I needed a little bit more out of her from what actually happens in the, in the story, do you know what I mean? I, I'd react differently even if I was quiet. I mean, there's there's a lot of Samus's character was in her physicality and her movements, and like when you get to the crate boss fight, like there is so much sass there. She's like, "Fine, fuck you. I've, fought, I've killed you three times already. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck you up." Yeah, but there's and also you can tell that just from the way she holds a gun armored and when she walks in the but room. Samus spoke in fusion. Do you know what I mean? That's the one before this. Samus spoke in other Metroids, at least in dialogue. I mean, other M in text. I don't want to talk about other M. <laughs> but that is the one where she speaks the most. Yes, too much. But like, there's revelations in this in the whole Metroid like mythos that the only reaction we get is her eyes getting bigger <laughs> and squinting and scowling. And I'm like, come on, say something. And yeah, but you were talking about that last boss fight. Yeah, I found it too easy. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was the hardest boss fight in I, the what, game. Th- th- it's not. The hardest boss fight for me was the underwater one. Nah, the underwater one was fine for me. It was that, you know, that that, that big beastie that's wrapped around the power core. Oh yeah, I like that one. He, he took me an hour. Him, he was a cunt. Yeah, fucking hated him. But um, no, I, I really liked Raven Peak because it was like, unlike a lot of the other bosses, like he had a lot of the same moves of a lot of the other bosses in the game. Oh yeah, but it felt it felt like a duel because he was the only boss you fight who's as fast as you. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, and there was I, a lot of back and forth in it, especially I, when you started nailing all of the parries. I did die twice on him, I think, first time. Um, I, I don't know what it is with, with Metroid. I think I've, it sounds like a right fucking, oh, look at me, but you'll know Gadget as well. Coming back from like games like Dark Souls and stuff like that, you just have this instinct of looking at the enemy rather than your character. Yeah. So you yeah, learn no, the moves yeah. quicker than, let's say, someone a bit more casual on it. It's just it's inst- it's instinct. <laughs> it's instinct, though, isn't it? It's just yeah. I, you don't need to look at Samus on a Metroid game. You're controlling it. The camera's always going to be focused. Cause it's two D room, isn't it? So yeah. look at the enemy. You, oh, yeah. 
every single boss telegraphs it so well. It's so fine-tuned. Mm, and absolutely. I think the parry, like, I remember seeing in our Discord, some of you lot were saying, oh, parry and the Emmys, the robots. It's a piece of piss. I, nah, I, I, it's I, so I struggle easy. With, it's like a two-frame window that you've got to do it. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know how I just, I just did it. Have you guys and, played Super Metroid? Yeah. Does it I played every Metroid game. Does it control anywhere similar to that, like the, the old? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But it's, I, it's, um, I like it's, how it's, it controls the original. It's 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 faster than Super Metroid naturally. It's yeah. um, I don't if you, I don't, if, don't know if you ever played the remake of Strider when that came out. No. It um, does feel a bit like Strider. Yeah, doesn't it's it? very much like that. It's got that same speed and kind Especially of with the, the jump, jump, jumpy, 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 jumpy. Jump. Yeah, it just made me think of um, Matt Murray on TCGS when he went through. Super Metroid. Oh, that was fucking painful. But he couldn't get his head around so how it controlled. Why? It's so easy. He just wasn't used to playing that way. And it was just really funny. It's a fucking SNES game. It only had a deep I, I know, but that's the point. That's what he really struggled what? with. It. And, I, you know, I'm, I've played Metroid at least three or four times, the SNES, and I loved it. I thought it was so He's good. fucking, he's still one of the best games yeah. ever made. And I just thought it was really interesting that he absolutely hated it. He didn't enjoy that game at all. I'm I'm definitely going to go and play Super Metroid now that I've played this. So this I is the first f- Metroid game I've finished. So I fell it? off the well, I fell off Super Metroid because I first started playing it with the Joy Cons. You idiot! I, don't, well, I didn't I didn't have a better controller at the time. I have a better controller now. Did you not have a SNES then? No, no, I had a Mega Drive when I was a kid. Oh, that's oh, you're one of them. Are you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I in my heart of hearts, I think Super Metroid's still a better game. Ooh. It's a lot simpler. In, in in its execution, um, I think I don't like the. It's probably said millions of times. I don't like the the soundtrack in this game. I think it's shit. Um, Sorry, right. it's shit. It's boring. Uh, I <laughs> I don't like how I didn't like with Super Metroid and games like Castlevania and Hollow Knight. I know the map without looking. You you just learn. I couldn't yeah. get that with this. A it's lot, a very dense map. It's dense, and every, a lot of it looks very similar. I don't know; it's color coded. It's very, very clever how they color code it. Oh, I'm in Purple World. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, but the problem is huge chunks of the map are taken up with um, the Emmy zones, and they all yes, look the same. Yeah, um, it's empowering in in the places where it needs to be empowering, like taking down these robots and these bosses. You, you get that Dark Souls. I've just beat a boss feeling, which is exactly what it were going for. You can tell. I. It it is a bit more difficult than Super Metroid, and I I, I think Metroid Fusion is one of the more difficult, or more, more, the harder ones of the of the bunch. I don't know if you've played Fusion Gadget, but I think you'll like it. No, Switch is my first ni- proper Nintendo, so <sighs> Ooh, I do I want to go back and play all of them. Yeah, yeah, I think you should. I think you should. I just I, need to find a Game Boy Advance or the, a 3DS. The original or Metroid's not that cracking anymore. <laughs> no, I, if I was going to go back through the whole series, I'd probably get Zero Mission. Yeah, there's yeah, a fan made one as well called AM2. Which yes, yeah, called another Metroid Two or something. And the Samus Returns as well on the um, on the uh, 3DS. 3DS. That's really good. But yeah, I like it. I like the Paris system. It's that's probably going to be an for rest of its 2D life now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it does reaffirm in my head that the 2D Metroid games are fucking far superior than the first person shooter ones. Yeah, I've never. But that's just it me, that isn't it? I've never played it that way. <laughs> The the Metroid Prime games, they're good, but and got shit on the 2D ones. <laughs> <laughs> they really haven't. Uh, it's the uh, official modern escapism <laughs> stance there. It doesn't beat 
Monster Hunter Rise for my game of the year so far. Fair enough. On Switch. But it's fucking lovely. It's just... Oh, just wish it had better music. I know it sounds stupid for someone that barely listens to game soundtracks. I was going to say, don't you just podcast through a but game? Not, not, no, not, not games that I'm loving. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? This is just fucking... I, I wanted it to be sublime. I wanted it to sound like Super Metroid. I was asking for too much. I think you're asking for too much, because, I mean, bear in mind, this was made by Mercury Stream as well. It wasn't yeah. made by Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. But, it's, yeah, it's just a fucking solid game, and as I said, I didn't pay for it, so it made it even better. <laughs> Wee. But yeah, that's what we've all been doing. Um, free game of the year. Yeah, well, no, no, I haven't many free games this year. Trust me, I barely pay for games anymore. It's incredible. <laughs> Anyhow, I think it's time we got onto the main spooky topic, isn't it, Biggie? Well, for those that haven't already worked out, we record on Sunday nights. So, of course, this just happens to be the spookiest night of the year tonight. It's Halloween. Oh my word. So to keep us on brand, we're simply talking about what our favourite scariest media is. Horror, film, TV, book, game, the usual. What do we love the most? Yeah, this is this is this is the pro segment. We're this is we're not slagging shit off. I mean, it probably will happen, but this is this is like us celebrating the macabre within media. And I don't think there's anyone more macabre than Candy Machine. <gasps> Thank you. Uh, so yeah my choice for this evening is a set of films that are so scary that they're said to be supposedly genuinely cursed Um, now the films films themselves or the film itself if you want to um, talk about just the first one Justice League is (laughs) that's definitely cursed I should have gone that with that no Poltergeist Poltergeist is what I'm talking about Uh, now this was actually the first horror film I ever saw I think it was about 11 and, uh, far too young. Far too young, absolutely. Um, I was at a sleepover. We got to the video shop. We got to cho- choose a couple of horror films. So we got um, Poltergeist and the other one was Children of the Corn. So, uh... Gee, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> They're here. But it had no effect on me, obviously. Clearly not. <laughs> wow. um, so if you don't know the story of Poltergeist, it's a fairly sort of bog-standard haunted house story. Um, a young family move into a um, new ha- newish housing estate. Increasingly spooky things start to happen. Mm-hmm. The family's little girl, Caroline, starts speaking oh. to spirits through the TV. Um, a demon tree comes through the window. Um, mm-hmm. And as it transpires, the house has been built on a graveyard. Um, the building So if you've in- seen any Simpson Treehouse of Horror episode, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's where that comes from. So, yeah, they, they built it on a graveyard. Um, the, the building company, they decided to just move the gravestones um, and leave the bodies exactly where they laid, which is what this house has been built on. Um, it was an instant success when it was released in 1982, and it sort of became an instant horror classic, really. It was directed by Toby Hooper and, and um, produced by Steven Spielberg, and it has... Um, some of those proper 80s Spielbergy vibes, um, despite mm. it being a horror film, it kind of starts almost as if it's a bit of an adventure film, really. Um, starts off like Goonies and stuff, yeah, doesn't it? Like, it does, like a sort of um, PG-13. Let's get 13. to know the characters in the daylight. Yeah, and they're all riding BMXs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, quickly descends into horror. Um, so you've got the iconic um, opening scene. You hear the Star Spangled Banner with that TV just slowly zooming away from oh. you. It's slightly out of tune. Um, it has really iconic characters. So we mentioned uh, Carol Ann and her classic line, they're here. 
and Tangina as well, the uh, paranormal medium instructing <laughs> Carolan Carolanta. Lead them to the light. There's peace and this serenity. This is clear. <laughs> There's peace and serenity in the light. <laughs> welcome, welcome. She's so small, isn't she? Oh, she's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Tangina. Um, but yeah, they made they kind of put a bit of a twist on the classic horror story tale using the technology that was available at the time. Uh, good old sixteen by nine TV. Lucky to be in color. They were doing well for themselves. Um, <laughs> So one's running. Exactly. But yeah, the real, uh, the real reason I, I wanted to talk about this film, and I don't know if you, any of you have heard about this, but as I said, uh, apparently it is actually cursed. Yeah, um, there's deaths, isn't there? There's deaths. So th there's a string of spooky things that happened on <laughs> set and um, multiple cast member deaths. So Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, the little girl, tragically passed away um, following a misdiagnosed digestive condition. Um, Dominique oh, Dune... June, that might be Dominique June. I don't no, know. That, that name is just not going away, is it? No, no, not at all. Speaking of being haunted, um, but played the older sister. She was actually murdered by an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, Julian Beck, who played Cain, um, the evil preacher in Poltergeist Two, um, passed away of cancer. And Will Sampson, who played the Native American um, shaman, passed away during surgery. Lou Perriman, who who played Pugsley in the original film, was killed by an axe murderer in his own home. And then what? Richard Lawson, who played a, one of the parapsychologists, was involved in a plane crash. Luckily, he survived, but it killed 27 out of the 51 passengers. Yeah. Um, it was also claimed by Jobeth Williams, who played the family's mum, that, that Steven Spielberg had actually insisted on using real human skeletons rather than prop skeletons. Um, yep. Because they were much cheaper. And much easily accessible. It's they've gotten from one at universities, I think. I think so. I think yeah, you know, if there's unclaimed bodies, they don't get Little John Doe's and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she's quoted <sighs> here as saying, "In my innocence and naivety, I assumed that all these were not real skeletons. I assumed that they were prop skeletons made out of plastic or rubber. I found out, as did the crew, that they were using real skeletons because it's far too expensive to make uh, fake skeletons out of rubber." Um, it hasn't actually been proven or disproven either way, but it's it's a very strong rumor. Fucking um, okay, hell! Yeah, and the crew were so spooked that on the set of Poltergeist Two, I think it was, there was a genuine exorcism performed. And according to the crew, it was um, they said it was all all a big relief once the exorcism had been done. And the exorcism was actually performed by one of the cast members who um, who passed away not not long after. So that worked. <laughs> But People yeah, die. No, yeah, no, the film itself I, I really enjoy, but I just thought it had like that extra extra twist to it on uh, yeah. this Hallow's Eve to talk about the curse. I, I read a book called Macbeth versus Hollywood. It's to do with the fact that obviously the the play Macbeth has always been cursed, hasn't it, since mm. its inception? Like lead actors die, understudies die, and stuff like that. That's why they and say break this, a leg, isn't it? Rather than yes, good that's luck. how to break a leg. And this is the. The Hollywood version of Macbeth. There's, there's, there's more than that. There's stuff like um, uh, stuntmen um, had like denounced and said, "Oh, I'm walking away from this project. I'm not doing it." And then they die on the next project. Oh my god! And there's, um, there's something to do with one of the editors um, slit his wrist in one of the editing rooms, killed himself. Uh, and yeah, the, uh, the uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It's um, it's fucked up, like, mm. and I, th I think it's something. What is it? It's. I think after that, Spielberg said that. Oh, I've, 
because he only produced the first one. It was something along the lines of, I won't do that again. What I did, I'm not going to tell you, but I won't do that again. Yeah. It's like, what? What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg, what did you do? You're messing with dark art. Spielberg has blood on his hands. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he sacrificed I mean, I somebody. I thought that for years, but you know. It's, it's, it's proper like, and it seems like since then Spielberg's films have all been like celebrating the human condition rather than... <laughs> Well, like, there was a remake as well, wasn't there? About yeah, God, when would sure. that have been? It was within the last ten years, anyway. Apparently, the curse yeah. didn't follow them. Apparently, everyone's no. okay. It's it's so it's so weird because there's a lot of like curse projects like that, and it's yeah. It, I think it's not Beth versus Hollywood. Just Wait to get to my subject. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh-oh. oh well, I mean that's a great segue if you want, pal. Well, very similar. So I'll begin with the quote from the movie. When the Jews return to Zion and a comet fills the sky and the Holy Roman Empire rises, then you and I must die. From the eternal sea he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother until man exists no more. Beautiful. It is, of course, the omen. <laughs> ah, 666, the number of the beast. Yeah. So this was directed by Richard Donner, uh, scored the wonderful Gregory, P- sorry, scored, starred, <laughs> uh, Gregory Peck, Lee yeah. Remick, David Warner, Billy Whitelaw, Patrick Troughton, to name a few. Um, it was scored by Jerry Goldsmith, who isn't subtle at all from literally the, as soon as the movie starts after that quote. It's that Latin choir. Oh, oh, so gadget could whack that in at some point. Uh, that'd be uh, amazing. But yeah, it was just... I have a long-running history with The Omen. I just... There's something about You were in movie. it. <laughs> Were you Damien? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for just in case those don't understand or know anything about the movie, it basically um, an ambassador learns that he's, uh, he's on his way to the hospital as he finds out that his baby has died at birth. The wife is still unaware because she's recovering from uh, giving birth. The chaplain at the hospital convinces him to adopt a baby whose mother died at exactly the same moment. Um, and they decide not to tell the wife what could possibly go wrong. Um, after relocating to London, um, Damien then starts to suddenly have some weird things happen around him from his fifth birthday. And the movie goes down a pretty good horror trope of people dying randomly who are either a threatening Damien or a threat to um, Damien's future. And it's brilliantly done. I watched it yesterday again, and I still think it stands up. Mm-hmm. to today very creepy really well done the boy particularly although i have more of a memory of he being been a hell of a lot more scary but actually what doesn't it really again, do much does it no there's only just a few moments where he sort of stares at the screen um yeah. but it's actually everything uh, around on his tricycle yeah um but yeah it's, it's it's really cool some great themes like the photographer in the movie played by david warner oh god yeah he ends up taking photographs of people which foresees their death once he yeah. realises there are mm. some weird blemishes on the photographs and unfortunately catches a glimpse of himself in the mirror and suddenly sees that his death is imminent as well. And I tell you what, that scene still stands up today. Yeah. I was really blown away how well that came off. It looked, uh, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> Unintended. <laughs> really, really good. Um, but the story was the brainchild of... Uh, an executive and born-again Christian named Robert Munger. He pitched the idea for The Omen to be the next blockbuster horror um, after like the success of The Exorcist, for example. 
But he was quick to warn everyone involved that he hadn't had a change of heart. He just knew that a movie set involving the son of the devil was possibly going to be cursed. And I think it's amazing that Candy brought the same thing up because this movie had exactly the same thing. Misfortune first struck um, after the Omen's protagonist, played by Gregory Peck, is mentioned. He reportedly cancelled a flight he planned for reasons unknown. Um, some reports claim that the crew hired the plane to use for the cast, but ended up not needing the craft. Um, either way, he was thankfully never got on. The plane crashed the same day, killing everybody on board. Even worse, when it hit the ground, it landed on the vehicle of the member of the pilot's family inside. Fucking hell. Uh, the flying incidents didn't stop there. Peck was supposed to head to England to shoot some scenes. His airplane was struck by lightning. Luckily, no one was hurt. Um, although the curse seemed to travel with him, the David Seltzer, the film's writer, took a separate flight to England to join the cast and crew, and his plane was also struck by lightning. The executive producer, um, Mace Nofield, had an encounter which he dubbed more than coincidental when he, Peck, and others planned to dine at a restaurant one evening. Before the group were to appear at the restaurant, the building was destroyed in a violent explosion. Um, the curse then continued after he and his wife checked out early from their hotel in London. Short time after that, the hotel was levelled by another explosion. Yeah. <laughs> this was ongoing, uh, which is obviously for conspiracy theorists, this was going on when the IRA were sort of attacking London at the time. So, you know, that's where your sort of link is also there, where it's not to do anything with the curse. It's just this happened to be happening at the same time. The special effects designer responsible for designing the Omen's chilling decapitation scene, he fell victim to something even more creepy. After moving on from the film to begin his next project, he was killed in a head-on car crash that decapitated his own wife. Yep. He, um, this was also true comparison to the film, because um, there was a road sign nearby that um, was pointing travellers to a town called Omen which was 66.6 kilometres away. No. Yeah. This is all alleged, but um, even the animal trainers couldn't escape the wrath uh, in the unsettling baboon attack at the zoo, which is awesome. Um, The crew reportedly put a live baboon in the back of the car with the actress Lee Remick um, to antagonise the other monkeys to attack, obviously, the vehicle that they were filming. Um, The baboons reacted, um, not obviously causing havoc, but they targeted the trainer. The animal trainer hired to assist in the scene was killed the very next day. He was actually killed by a tiger, but still, it's all weird. Um, and then finally, um, when Gregory Peck's stuntman was attacked by the trained Rottweiler, start again. When Gregory Peck's stuntman was attacked by trained Rottweilers in the iconic cemetery scene, they went all into a frenzy as well. The dogs completely ignored all of their commands. Yeah, and just everybody suffered heavy injuries. Um. Yeah, it just it's frightening that movie. There's also the uh, the the, the famous ish one where, um, a few years after it come out, um, someone was playing a prank at a um in America at a Bible studies camp thing, and one of the lads, oh, I'm a rebel, he put the omen on, and he was chased out of the camp by the uh, camp supervisors, and he fell down the step and broke his neck, <laughs> which is a true story as well. Oops. I oh, watched yeah. these, because there's three movies, by the way, um, one, two, and three. The second movie just follows his life through the military school. Um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't like the, the other two. Everyone dies around him as a threat. Um, to this day, I've I mentioned this, I think, before in the pod, but the lift scene in that movie actually gives me the shivers. I'm very mm. nervous going into lifts because of that. Mm. 
don't know why. Um, well, I know why in the movie, but I don't actually know why it affected me that much. Um, and then the third one has Sam Neill uh, when he's finally a politician. Um, yeah. And it's okay. I agree with Oodles. They're, they're not the best. They seem to go down this sort of TV movie style. Same thing happened with format. The Exorcist. First one, just watch that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I watched them um, for the second time when they were being shown on a weekly basis. So by the end of the third one, I was sitting in my room, my TV was on top of the table, and literally as the credits folded on Omen 3, my TV fell off the table, landed on the floor, and I shit myself. <laughs> and crushed you. <laughs> I absolutely shit myself. But yeah, but they've always haunted me, those movies. I just find them quite disturbing, but somehow can rewatch them time and time again. Mm. Uh, love it. I'm just a big fan of him. I don't know why. I'm not religious did you, at all. The funny story with that. Did you ever, did, have you ever seen Arnold Schwarzenegger's End of Days? Yes. Where he oh, said, God, that was he, terrible. He, he actually announced it to the world. This is the spiritual successor to the omen. <laughs> Fuck off, Arnie. <laughs> is that how he announced it? <clears throat> yeah, he, he said that. But it's not official. He said this is the spiritual successor to the omen. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I always remember me chuckle that. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just Terminator with the devil. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you could pro- quite possibly just enjoy the first movie on its own. The, the sequels are okay; they're, they're watchable. They're on Disney Plus at the moment. If you want to watch them, but, did um, they ever remake The Omen? I'm sure they did. The Omen had a oh, on TV show. Uh, no, they had a movie as well. Yeah, if there was a TV show. It was all right. It just wasn't as good as the original, in my opinion. Isn't that what? It, wasn't the remake of The Omen what came out on the sixth of June two thousand six? I think oh. it was. Yeah, I think oh. you're right. So they made a big thing about it because it was like one of the few times that you get a film come out on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was the big deal too. Um, mm. Excellent, excellent, good pick. Um, I'm going to do the next one because I, for all, for, for what I know, no one was died in the making of uh, <laughs> this game. <laughs> Somebody might have died of natural causes, but I want to talk about. The greatest survival horror series ever made, Resident Evil. Mm. Now you do you do know the voice actor for Leo, the original voice actor for Leon Kennedy died last year, right? Yeah, but probably not. Not that's not related to the game, is it? He's just... I, know, I know you're just, you're just bringing that up and just making the point of that one. He, he he's been dead less than a year. Retired. Retired from life. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, Resident Evil, known as Japan. Uh, known as Japan, <laughs> known, known in Japan. Although that is pretty accurate, to be fair. Known There's in Japan as no. Biohazard. A known as Japan. <laughs> known as Japan. Known in Japan as Biohazard. Um, is a Japanese horror video game. If I had not buried the lead enough, um, by Capcom. Um, everyone knows what Capcom are. It didn't um, create survival horror, but it defines it, doesn't it? Really. That's... It, it. I mean, it takes the the kind of thing that Alone in the Dark was doing beforehand and kind yeah. of refines it into a more palatable way of playing a game. It is. It, is, it was originally supposed to be a successor to Sweet Home on the Super Nintendo. Um, if you ever played that, that's an RPG set in a mansion. Oh, and there's zombies and stuff. But yeah, um, the first Resident Evil came out in 1996, I think. Remember that's it well. Yep. 96. And it fucking scared the shit out of me. Don't so I was. Though. I, I was at an age, I'm not going to divulge exactly how old I was when I played this, too young. I think it was a 15 or an 18 then. Not sure. It was a 15. Yeah, I was too young. I was younger than 15 anyway. And the main thing that scared me most in the original Evil is I couldn't understand the controls. <laughs> <laughs> I, no I one can. I, I couldn't grasp 
holding R1 to aim and then shoot. Because all games before that, you press the shoot button and the bullets came out of the the body in front of you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was a lot. It was quite technical for me at the time, and I used to have to. I used to play it at my uncle's, um, and I used to have to shout him to come and kill zombies every time I came up to a zombie in Resident Evil. Imagine how many times I had to shout him <laughs> throughout that game. And eventually, I learned how to play it. And but the first game didn't capture my imagination as much as Resident Evil Two, which to this day is still one of my all-time favorite games ever made. Uh, it's perfection. It's it's how you do AAA and just expand upon everything that Shinji Mikami, the creator, wanted from the first one. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, glad, I'm glad he had, I'm glad he had editors because the first one was going to be uh, sci-fi based, where there was going to be a sassy black man and a cyborg sidekick. I'm glad that didn't happen. Not, not the sassy black man. I'm fine with that, but the cyborg sidekick that would have just been. Too far for me for Resident Evil because it was quite grounded, wasn't it? I'm just imagining claptrap. Yeah. <laughs> if you see that, if, if you see I the want, photos now of now it, now I want Borderlands meets Biohazard. <laughs> if, you see, if you see the photos of it, it's a big hulking cyborg man that's a bit like Drax the Destroyer <laughs> in, in Resident Evil, which just made the whole game not scary because you've got a cyborg man. But yeah, um, the sequel did it did a lot for me. Um, by the time it came out in 1998, I was more adept at playing it. And I think the first time I like really read a magazine review and it said value for money, because you got a lot out of that game, didn't you? There was like four separate scenarios with two playable characters, mm. uh, unlockables. It's just oh, everything about it is just impeccable. The, the story was good then. The voice acting was shit then. But it didn't matter. <laughs> it really didn't matter. I, I, I still remember playing through um, Claire B mm. and um, and no, sorry, Claire A, and going into into uh, Kendo's gun shop. Yeah, and he, his 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 approach to Claire is fucking Don't worry hilarious. about it, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because when Leon goes in there on Leon A, he's just like, "Oh, you're a policeman. Thank you. Thank God you turned up." Yeah. And when Claire walks in, he goes, "Hey, darling, what are you doing here? <laughs> Shut me out at night." <laughs> That's yeah. what it was like it's in the so 90s. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you worry. Everything's going to be all right with me. That kind of weird thing. You yeah, walk and out then the, the door, window smashes like, in and he gets it, eaten and Claire stood, stood aside yeah. going, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? It becomes an absolute man-witch, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. By the zombies. But yeah, it did, it did what the first one, they clearly wanted to do. They're like, you had, you had more enemy varieties. The zombies, there were more than like two different character models. <laughs> Yeah, there was like four now, wasn't it? They did the clever thing. They did, yeah, there was probably not many. They did the clever thing where they put them in police uniforms so you could have many, many different versions of that police uniform zombie. Yeah. Like in the mansion, it wouldn't make sense unless they were all dressed as scientists. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, if you know the story, that's why. But yeah, in, when you got to, there was more variety in locales. You went to a, a, a factory, you went to a lab. Do you know what I mean? You actually ventured out. You only got a taste, and it's very linear, but you get a taste of Raccoon City yeah. in, in an apocalypse, a zombie apocalypse, and it was frightening. You didn't want to be outside. <laughs> I, love, I love that opening run from um, the, the car crash yeah. to, the, to the RCPD. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. And a lot of people can do it with their eyes closed now, mm. but 
It's... Yes, so yes, so can I because of the uh, PlayStation One, PlayStation Magazine demo disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where you got ten minutes to play the you've got opening a, of the game. You've got to rush, haven't you? You've got to. Yeah, and that's when I learned to speed run. Yeah, <laughs> and the game does encourage speed running, which was one of the first I remember. Um, you got a lot for completing it in a few hours, didn't you? You got like rocket launches and all sorts of crazy shenanigans. But yeah, you got the extra campaigns and stuff like yeah. that because you got hunking tofu and. Yeah. All that kind of weird shit. It was I just, it just proper value for money. The second scenario for each character added the infamous Mr. X or Tyrant or whatever you want to call him. Um, not as scary as in the remake. <laughs> just more of an obstacle on the original, but still quite a few extra jump scares that you'd... Cause by that point, you'd, you'd, you'd knew the, the, the police station, you knew your way around it, and then when someone can smash through walls... It just changes that up a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> but it does, and it does. It's a very good jump scare when he bursts through the wall yeah. at you. Yeah, really good. It's it's it, it's enough, and the, the music's iconic. Like I think the second game's music and soundtrack and Scott and scary like sounds are way better than the first. And like I say, it's like two years difference, isn't it? I'll probably, they'll, they'll probably be made yeah. simultaneously. I don't know, but and no, no. The, it, well, the, the impression was a lost because lost thing, wasn't there? There was a. One point yeah, five, was, however, it was called. yeah. They stu- they they canned the original idea for Resident Evil Two and then did the one that we know. Yeah, because because the in less time, the, the original, yeah, in less time, like the original idea, like the one that's referred to as one point five. Yeah, um, Shinji Mikami like looked at it because he wasn't directing it. He looked at it and he fucking hated. Yeah, it. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, the the lead character was a, a female biker called I think Eliza or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Elsa Walker, I think something like that. That's it. And, yeah. and Shinji's like, we need a link to the first game. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. It's just, it's just really good. And then a few things happened to the franchise. Like we've got Resident Evil 3, which didn't feel like a 3. It was good. It introduced Nemesis for, for, for casual fans. A lot of them remember Nemesis over everything else, which I never understood. But yeah, there's Nemesis. Then you got Code Veronica, which was supposed to be number 3. And then they betrayed us by, at the, that point, only being out on the Dreamcast, which blew my mind. <laughs> but that got rectified quite Sad. fast. Actually, I was going to say, it actually sold some Dreamcast for a while. Yeah, what what an absolute heel turn by Capcom. That What, what a weird thing. But anyway. Money, money. Yeah, money. money. But yeah, um, Code Veronica's fine. It's probably the most difficult out of the, out of the series because you can fuck your game up by just, just simply by playing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can lock yourself yeah, out happened, of getting it. Yeah, that happened to places. me with, with, with the Tyrant fight. Yep. Yes, that's, that's too hard for too early in the game. And that is a long game as well. That's yeah. That's like a 20-hour Resident Evil. Then you get 4, which My is some people's favourites because fun. it's the easiest for people to play that don't like scary games because it's only scary a few times. Um, that's the game where uh, the inventory system's not what it is on the others where basically Leon's got an invisible um, suitcase that you can fit lots of stuff in. <laughs> And it just hovers behind him at all times. I, um, it, I think it's more because the the zombies were replaced with the the, the Ganados, and they were just more intimidating because they were faster. They, they, so they, you needed more ammo and stuff, yeah. Groups, and I just found the threat of that was more unnerving as opposed to frightening. I've I've played I've played four a lot now. I did I, not at first. I, I it wasn't my favorite then because it was such a departure. Not my Resident Evil. I played it a lot now, and I appreciate its intricacies. How it had this really, really clever difficulty system where, if you're struggling, the game gave you the ammo. If you weren't struggling, it didn't. 
<laughs> it's very very clever how it did that and just Leon became a badass and he's got the best hair in gaming mm-hmm. that's right yeah I knew <laughs> no, you that's why you took it. your top of those <laughs> no I didn't do that for that but um, it's Four's good. Five. Some people like five. I fucking hated five. But five's five's great in co-op. It's not good. At, at I didn't have any friends. Still don't. Um, it's it's got the best uh, best baddie monologues <laughs> in the whole series. Some of the total global saturation. Yeah, some, of the, some of the best moments. <laughs> Six came out. You cannot go by just saying best moments without talking about Chris punching a boulder into a. I volcano. was about to mention that. <laughs> Boulder punching bastard. <laughs> Six came out. Uh, seven came. <laughs> seven is probably one of the best mm-hmm. in the whole franchise. Uh, back to basics. Back to horror. Um, I still think. I'm, I think I'm, it's the scariest. I'm, re- I'm really one. glad. It's definitely the scariest one. I'm really glad with seven that because everyone said, "Oh, they're just doing the Outlast PT thing when they when they went first person." I'm glad they actually made use of the first person rather than mm. just. Doing the Outlast thing. I like, don't like first-person shooters, but this does not feel like a first-person shooter. It's not a first-person shooter. It's a first-person horror. Yeah. Is it first person you happen in, to be able to shoot things. Is it first-person in non-VR as well? Because I yes. only played it in VR. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's first-person all the way through. Yeah. Have yeah, you finished yeah, yeah. it in VR? No, I did not finish I, it. Not many people have. <laughs> I got to the bit where the spider jumped out, and that was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Resident Evil 7, uh, I think it's a modern-day masterpiece. Um, it wears its heart on its sleeve. It is not original in any way. Because it's just taking bits from everything from the horror genre that it wants and putting them in this beautiful pie, human yeah. tasting pie. It's incredible. Uh, eight recently come out, and I think eight is for fans of every type of Resident Evil game. Really, I think it's yeah, it's got a bit of everything. Got in a there. bit of everything in it, although mostly four. It's got a it's lot. It's got of four a lot of four in it. But between all that, you had all the offspring, the um, the Gaiden games. The uh, Revelations is quite a popular one. Uh, modern day. Revelations 2 is better than her any right oh, to Re- be. Revelations 2 is brilliant, yeah. Uh, you've got the Survivor ones, the Gun Survivors, the Umbrella shooty ones that, yeah, whatever. Um, I remember playing Gun Survivor on the PS1. It is the <laughs> it's worst. It's fucking shocking. So bad. You've got the Resident Evil uh, Deadly Deadly Aim or something like that, I think it's called. Oh, S- Silence of Death. There was one on the DS. Remake of the first one. Oh yeah, the remake of the first one. Deadly yeah. Silence. Not a remake I think it's of called. remake. Uh, that was that was pretty <laughs> okay for a handheld console. They had the Game Boy Resident Evil, which was an RPG on a boat, <laughs> which is really good. It's in, it's just some lovable characters in it. You've got Barry Burton, you've got Jill Valentine, you've got Chris Redfield, you've got all your classic. Everyone knows them, and you've got Leon obviously, and then you've got these films that come out, which do really tarnish the name for me. They're all fucking shit. <laughs> like, really, really shit. I don't know if you guys have seen all of the films. No. I no. There's some I have. I have. I've, I've seen all six. <laughs> They're fucking shit. Every single one at the cinema. Oh, wow. Oh, I was committed. I may still have them on Blu-ray. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they tarnished it. They, I, now, this is going to be this is going to be debatable. The films didn't tarnish this series as much as the books for me. The books are fucking horrendous. <laughs> I, I really like Dusty Perry's books. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> the, films, the, so the, the, the films for me are enjoyable bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not good Resident Evil stories, mm. but they're really stupidly fun zombie action films. Yeah. 
with the exception of Afterlife, which is the f- no, not Afterlife, Retribution, which is the fifth one, which might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like physically painful watching. Is that the one that starts off in uh, in Tokyo? That's the one that start where start in quote unquote Tokyo. Yeah, yes, yes, in, you know what I mean. It's a virtual reality bullshit. <laughs> yeah, there's many, thing. many clones of the, the lead character and stuff like that. Oh, gosh, so yeah. weird. It's so bad. But yeah, the, the, the games themselves. I mean, I, I, I read a retrospective about it a few months ago where they were saying, there's more bad Resident Evil games than good ones. I, I, would, I would argue there isn't. I think there's more good than bad. I think it's only six and five that you could really say are bad in any yeah, way. Especially the... But like I say, five, five is great in co-op because it's just a silly action yeah. game. Um, six, is, six is bad because they try to do too much worse. It's too big. It's yeah, like 50 it. hours it's, long, isn't it? It's stupid. Th- th- 30 hours to get through because it's four individual campaigns. That's ridiculous. Leon's campaign is fine. Ada's campaign is brilliant. Uh, Chris's campaign is Call of Duty. It's terrible. Yep. And... Uh, the Wesker Boys one is just oh, it's gone. I've heard, yeah. I, I never, I, I played, I've played through Leon's campaign, which I've been told is the, 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 the main canon one. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, that was fine. Um, I, I've not played everyone's campaign. I've done Ada, Play, Ada's one. Yeah, the, the the Ada campaign is really good. I like, but that the one. Chris and Piers one is fucking boring, man. Yeah, it, it, it's just Gears of War type thing, is it? But not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just bad. But yeah, if you've never played, if, if, if you're someone that's listening to this now and never played the series, some of them aren't horror horror. I mean, they're all body horror, but some of them are not jump scares, which a lot of people don't like. Like, four's a really good jumping on point, I think. Cause I kind of want to try the four VR yeah, version. Yeah, I've seen that this week. Ooh, that looks good. It does look really fucking good. Yeah. And that means buying Resident Evil 4 for the 900th time. <laughs> I don't know if I want to fight the bug things or the regenerators in it, though. Yeah, that's when it gets scary, that bit, near the end. <laughs> when when they're coming at your face. <sighs> yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. But yeah, I just think Resident Evil's just a perfect, perfect little crazy encapsulation of Japanese horror with a Western edge to it, because they are trying, aren't they, for that Western edge? And yeah. Like, eight, and seven and eight, fucking hell. They are... They're crazy good. They're, they're they are just wild. I can't believe eight looks that good and plays mm. that good. Mm. Like playing it on a PS5 with the triggers and that is fucked up. <laughs> That's fucking wild. <laughs> and, and Lady Dimitrescu. Yep, baby. That's how Whoa. you do it. That's how you do it. Step on you any day. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just got. It's a mad cast of characters, and I'm looking forward to this new film that's coming out, even though it's probably going to be shit. And to be fair, from the trailers, like Welcome, Welcome to Raccoon City looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks better, doesn't and it? It, it? It looks significantly closer to the games than mm. uh, than the original films were. <laughs> yeah. They've already yeah. revealed the story arc of the truck driver through that trailer. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Well, they did. They did that in the uh, the remake of two, didn't they? Which again, it I don't want to. I don't want to get away from this without saying the remake of two is the best Resident Evil game ever made. But it's just a remake of two. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to. It's always going to be good. It's hard to say that's my favorite because do you know what I mean? It's just a. And it's whereas a, conversely, I think I think the remake of three is worse than three. I do. I think it's way worse, and it's it three takes, hours it takes long. Too much away. <laughs> Well, yeah, that also does. The remake that. of one, whoo, that's great. That's how you do tank yeah, fuck, controls. Fuck those crimson heads, though. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, uh, before I leave Resident Evil, my top three, if anyone wants to know, is Resident Evil 2, the original, Resident Evil Remake on the GameCube, and Resident Evil 7. Nice. I'm putting that, that they're my top three. Um, if you don't like horror, don't play um, Resident Evil Remake, because that's scary still. It looks beautiful still. And it's mm. like, is it like nearly 20 years old or something stupid like that now? Um, about 15, 16 years old yeah. now. But then also they did the HD re- redo on the PS4. Yeah, which they made the tank controls obsolete, didn't they? Which is always, yeah. always nice. But, oh, I, I nearly forgot Resident Evil Zero is mainline as well. Yeah, that but, came out. Well, the problem with Resident <laughs> Evil Zero is it breaks the story for the first game. Yeah. Because you've got this entire game where Rebecca Chambers is being an absolute badass and, she and forgets. killing through things. <laughs> and then in the space of an evening, she forgets, she forgets when Chris finds her and, she, and, she's, and she's the poor little girl. Mm. That Remember when she meets Chris, she sprays him with a first aid spray. Get away! Where's your magnum gun? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your machine gun that you a rocket gone? launcher you were carrying yeah. to dispatch that tyrant five Where's minutes that ago. Gone? <laughs> yeah, but Resident Evil. Oh, no, no, no mention of Billy, is yeah, there? Where's Billy? Where's Billy? <laughs> Just yeah, I, I, sidestepping slightly before on. you move on. <laughs> Have you seen that mod for uh, Resi Eight, where every time you say, every time you see Lady D, her hat gets bigger? Yes, it's amazing. I absolutely <laughs> love that one. It's like, at one point, like her hat is literally as big as the room. It's amazing. There's a massive modding community for the modern games from like uh, seven onwards. Like seven, uh, and then the uh, Resident Evil Three remake, where Nemesis is no longer Nemesis. He is Thomas Tank Engine because he's in every game, isn't he? Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's haunting. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's Lady Dimitrescu as um, as Thomas oh, yeah. Tank Engine. Perfect. Also, a, also, and a shocking. I would say shockingly, but it's actually you not know, quite predictable for the internet. The amount of naked mods of her. Oh yeah. If you just send me a link, because I need to check that out just for like <laughs> research yeah, purposes, for journalistic integrity and stuff like that. <clears throat> but yeah, I definitely, I definitely recommend the, my top three. What's your three favourites out of the whole lot? Um, seven, two original, yeah. um, and one remake. Ooh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 much as I love the remake of two, I do prefer just the, yeah, cut, so the, the nostalgia of the of the original. Biggie, uh, four, seven, and two. God, see what I mean? We've all got great. Well, I'd love to play seven with the mods with the Family Guy characters chasing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which looks incredible. Uh, Candy, what's your top three? Eight, seven, and original two. Ah. I think I'm the only one here who hasn't played eight. I think you should get on that as soon as... I think it's one of the most next-gen games I've played. Really, really. It does look spectacular. It's just absolutely beautiful. And there's there's some... Apparently we're getting free DLC for it Yes, we are. There's some fun ways to break that game as well that the developers knew that you could probably do, and some... Nice little uh, sequence skips and stuff like that. It's really... F- like, they knew it was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? They knew people were going to s- speed run it, and it's really, really good. I- yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping it turns up to Games Done Quick in uh, January. Yeah. And, 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 and the Duke, not the Duke, <laughs> the Duke is a really good um, new member of the Mythos, in my opinion. I really like the Duke. He's one of my favourites. Body positive as well. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> So he's yeah. got a lot of body, Oddy. He has got a lot of body. But let's uh, move swiftly on to the finale of Gadget. The finale of Gadget. Are, are, are you exterminating me? 
or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this, is this my ending? Don't turn around. <laughs> you do. Gadget yeah, I could just look in the viewfinder on Zoom and see Don't there's nothing behind me. Don't look in the viewfinder. You won't see the vampire in the viewfinder anyway. Yeah, true. <laughs> Fair enough. He'll get high cholesterol from me anyway. It wouldn't be worth his time. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to talk about the Doom franchise, but you've put a thought in my head there, Oodles, and I kind of want to talk about this one instead. Mm. I want to talk about Dead Space. Yeah. Ah, Dead Space ah. 1 and 2. That's in my mentions. Yes. So, what just, happens just when you take Resident Evil past put the it in stratosphere? Space. <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. Resident Evil 4 in space. And it's fucking brilliant. It's so good. The first two are uh, sorry. so good. Sorry, the only one and two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that, not, not that fan made third game. What about the iOS one? <laughs> iOS one was better than it had in the It right was game. really good, actually. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dead, Dead Space, we've talked about it on here before, uh, so I won't go on for about it too long. But you are you play Isaac Clarke, he is an engineer who is dispatched to the Planet Cracker ship, the USG Ishimura, um, after it goes silent, after yeah. cracking a planet. Mm. Uh, and you turn up, you crash land into the docking bay, because of course you do, mm. uh, and, you, and you, you walk into the departure lounge, and it's silent, it's dead, dead silent. Ugh. It's like dark. It's space. quiet. You, you, you're. T- hey, you're the engineer. You go turn the power back on. So you walk into the next room over. <clears throat> um, excuse me. You walk into the next room over. You turn on the power, and then all hell breaks loose because everyone you're with Literally. gets killed. So you're told to run, and so <laughs> yeah. you run, and vents are blowing off the walls. Everything's going crazy. You see these horrible, well, glimpses of these horrible monsters, and you fall down the shaft into a room with a plasma cutter on the bench. And daubed in blood across the wall, cut off their limbs. Yeah. And then you pick up the gun, you open the door, and this horrible spindly bastard with talons coming out of his Cronenberg thing. Yeah, and you're told, shoot the limbs. Uh, it's, the game is kind of equal points like uh, Resident Evil. It's got a load of inspiration from the thing for the monster designs. Yeah. Um, Event Horizon is a huge Massive. influence on it. With, especially well, with the down- religious stuff. Yeah, Shit, I should have done Event Horizon for my main. <laughs> <laughs> but just the look of the Ishimura as well just reminds me of Event Horizon. Yeah, massively. Like a cathedral in space rather than a spaceship. Yeah. You, you go through the ship and you basically... You are an engineer. You have to bounce through the ship, fixing various systems to one train. You literally do alive. a lot of engineering in that game. Oh, yeah. You fix, the, you fix an entire fucking starship by yourself, yeah. basically. Um, throughout it, there is this, there is this religious subtext with um, the... Not not very subtle. Unitology. Ooh, I wonder what that's based on. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> which is basically this pervasive religion throughout this this period in time, and they're fucking lunatics. They yeah. believe in something called the convergence. Zealots. Yes, they're absolute zealots. And the reason why everything went to shit was on this planet. Um, they cracked. They discovered a marker, which is this double helix, huge statue thing. The marker is an alien creation. Capable of uh, transforming dead flesh into monsters, necromorphs they're called. As you do, they also it also has the psychic ability to turn people mad, forcing them to kill themselves to become necromorphs. Maybe it's just make really nice ice cream or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Why, why does it have to be necromorphs? It's a toffee apple flavored ice cream. It's to... furious, isn't it? Long. It's furious. Well, if, if the universe is infinite, then somewhere out there, there's a ice cream making breed of aliens. So don't worry, oh, you'll find them one oh, day. A breed of alien that are 
made from Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> then you've got to resist. <laughs> yeah. Resistance I wonder if benevolent. Mm. Oh, ah, no. Benevolent in Jerry's. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Unitologists worship these markers. It's part of, part of their religion. Um, if you read the um, the novel Dead Space Martyr... Which is incredible, I think. Yeah, it's really good for a video game tie-in. Yeah. It goes into the background of where the markers first came from, but also where Unitology came from. Yeah. And there's Robert Altman, who is an unwilling prophet. <laughs> unwilling. Well, he's a martyr. He's an unwilling person. He's one of the first people to die to the martyr. Yeah. Uh, to the martyr, to the marker. Um, and people twist it around and create a religion out of it. Mm. And yeah, they worship this thing and they, they, they want this convergence. And the convergence is everybody turning into fucking necromorphs. I, think I mean, why wouldn't something you? something similar as well, actually. I think they follow that story quite well. Yeah. <laughs> and the game is slow. It's plodding. You have to take your time. Yep. You can't headshot things to kill them because they'll just still fucking Which kill you. Which goes against everything you've ever learned. Exactly. You have to cut off their limbs. You cut off their limbs, you stomp the shit out of them. Oh, and then somewhere them. around the fifth chapter, you meet the Regenerator who oh. does what he says on the tin. <laughs> He regenerates, you shoot off his legs, and about 30 seconds later, they grow back, and he's back up, and he's just a little bit more angry with you. <laughs> but yeah, it's tense, it's horrible, the music and sound design is so good, It's it's uh, the visual design is brilliant, um, it's got this really cool thing where you don't have like any menus or any HUD yeah, on the screen, like suit. Isaac's health is represented by lights on his back. His ammo counter is a hologram coming off the side of the gun. Yep. You go into your main menu and it's like a visual like hologram coming out in the rear. I really like it. It's so cinematic and I it's so totally brilliant. Which, like, how, how, how I stated it, Resident Evil, a lot of them aren't scary. Ignore that advice for Dead Space. Oh, yeah, Dead Space it's fucking terrifying. scary. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> also, even though the game was made in 2008, if you play the PC version now, it still looks fucking great. I think the lighting in it is one of the mm. best of that generation. Absolutely. Lighting's impeccable. And great effects again when you go out into the atmosphere as well. Oh, yeah, you get oh, out space God. a few times. Sound. It's got a couple of bits in it which are very 2008, I will say. Mm. Like the, um, the, t- the turret section. Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. dreadful. You have to have turrets in that games in that era. Yes. <laughs> but for everything bad it does, it does about 50 things really good. Oh, I love so the good. fights with the brutes, with these kind of giant yeah. hulking creatures that are really fast and will knock you flying. Um, I love the fights with the, the random tentacle monster that will just cut. You'll be walking down a corridor, it'll be quiet, and then this huge fucking great, tentacle will come and wrap itself around your leg and pull you. And you've got to like shoot the glowing bit to get Before off. Before it fucks you. Yeah. <laughs> it fucks you up. And those shitty yeah. little ones that, sp- that have the little arms. They sp- Spit at you. Yeah. yeah. yeah really That's usually on the like the gravity moments where you're yeah, walking yeah, up yeah. the walls they can and cling stuff. onto walls and stuff. Oh. Um, there's about a thousand animations for Isaac's death. Like, there's so oh, yeah. many ways things can kill you. Yeah. Um, Dead Space Two takes that formula and amps it up and <laughs> makes it a bit more linear. Makes it because with Dead they Space One, there's a lot of backtracking. Well. Yeah, they give Isaac a voice and a pretty <laughs> decent voice. He's actually quite well acted. Yeah. Um, one thing I like about it is it goes into like Isaac's trauma from the first game, PTSD like PTSD stuff. Yeah. He's got proper PTSD. The mark has driven him a little bit mad. Um, and you have to deal with that. So you walk through the game, and he gets flashes of um, of his dead girlfriend. Um, he gets flashes of like trauma and like the marker teasing him and trying to get to him. Uh, he wakes up on the station, uh, Titan Station, and you just get this much bigger play area. 
even though it's more linear, you get more environments because the, the Ishimura, for all it's brilliantly designed, it's a battleship. It's grey battleship walls. Uh, whereas the... Uh, oh, sorry, it's the Sprawl rather than Titan Station. Yeah. The Sprawl is... It's got it, living people, areas, hasn't it? Yeah. Like the nursery. There's a, oh, the nursery's fucking <laughs> Because babies turn into necromorphs that yeah. explode. That's yeah. just not nice. That is and you get this oh, candy. Seriously, you get this horror, really dark cutscene where you, you walk in, you like look through a window, and there's this this woman who's driven mad by the market. Yeah, and she's she's like sat sat on the floor, like, beckoning at this necromorph baby. Come here, baby. Come here. Come, come on, here. Baby. And it crawls up, crawls, mama. Yeah. <laughs> explodes. That's incredible. And that's how it shows you that they're dangerous. That's how. I, yes. That's why I fear babies. Yeah, no, I haven't actually played any Dead Spaces, but I will be streaming it you at should. some point this year. Yeah, so. they're, oh, yeah, they're on Game Pass. They are so good. Yeah, uh, Dead Space... We joke about it, Dead Space 3 was really bad, but Dead Space Sticks 3 was a really game, a horror it? game. No, it's not it's here not. to attest that either. <laughs> Dead Space 3, the problem was it got EA'd, and they tried to make it an action game. Um, and with a co-op thing, and then kind of... All this kind of um, microtransaction bullshit. That's clever and, as well with the story on co-op, didn't it? Yeah, it's it's you know it's a little bit like the video game equivalent of Alien Three. It's yeah. just the studio fucking hammered around with it too much and ruined it. Yeah, it's a good good um, analogy that one. I know, and EA are remaking the first Dead Space rather than doing a Dead Space Four. Um, I'm keen on, and I can't remember the title of it, but the people who made the original Dead Space Visceral Games they got shuttered by EA. Yep. And they've gone off and made a new studio, and they're doing something that looks really dead spacey. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, I can't remember what, what it's called, but they put a trailer out. Um, was it the P? It was the PS5 uh, yeah. show last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, because we were going yeah. dead space, dead space. Dead- oh, it's not dead space. <laughs> but it <laughs> is. But from the people who brought you dead space. Yeah. No! <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the guy got up in a cell. He had the lights on his back. I know. <laughs> It's blatantly Dead Space. Um, yeah, it's it's honestly it's one of my favorite ho- horror franchises. I've played through it a few times. I really like the, the the first book. I haven't read the second book, Catalyst. That's supposed to be quite I good have. as well, though. It's good. Um, I've watched the two animes. The first one's decent. The second one is dreadful. Yeah, shite. Um, Dead Space Three, shite. But the yeah. comics good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the comics really yeah, good. They're a good uh, dark horse run. Uh, the Wii game's actually surprisingly good. It's just a yes. light gun game, but it's yeah. pretty good. Uh, so yeah, just play Dead Space if you haven't. It's just really, really good, and it will scare the shit out of you. Yeah, genuinely, if you don't like horror, I- I'm telling you not to play it yeah. because it's for me. When it f- the first one I play, I-, I I I had to be like, I can't do this. This is actually terrifying. I tell, I- I tell you what, what what I like about how dead, especially the first Dead Space is laid out. Um, it's the same. It's laid out the same way that I love. Uh, that makes me love Half Life Two. In that each level you walk in, it introduces you to an idea within the first five minutes. You do a level based around that idea, and then you leave that level and it drops it. Yeah, you don't you see get that something idea new again. the next level. Yeah. So you do one in the medical bay where it's a lot of rooms that lock down and you've got to deal with that. You go through the hydroponics space and you've got these um, ones that are just putting out poison in the air and yeah. you've got to deal with that. There's ones where you go outside. It's so good and it's just so clever how everything's put together. You get the fucking tweakers, which are Dreadful because oh. they 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 tw- not tweakers twitchers rather. Um, <laughs> tweakers, I mean, they might as well just, be tweakers. Just like humping away at a table, <laughs> drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. They just bounce around super fast, and there is like a re- like a, a tangible in world re- reason why they're so much faster than other aliens. It's so great. Is it one or two that has the chat to spell out your wife's name? Two. Uh, no, first one. Is it? First one. Oh. Yeah, it's the first one. Oh That's yeah. Really cool. Uh, I, I, I personally, I think two's better than the first. I just, I just two like two is better than the first. But the I first like is, Isaac is... to have a voice. 
Same yeah, with, a lot of people didn't like that, did they? Same with like Metroid, Metroid wow. Dread, where Samus is not talking about these massive revelations that are happening. Isaac didn't say anything in the first one, apart from, I mean, to be fair, I can take it or leave it. They're both very good games, both very different games for what they do. Yes, they are, yeah. The, the, the second game is a better action game. The first game is a better horror game. Yeah. yeah. But they are absolutely both worth playing. Oh, God, yeah. Not Play, three. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing for the remake. It's going to be... I just hope they don't EA it. Oh, I know, but it's really annoyed. If, I'll, I'll be really annoyed if they EA it. Yeah. Oh. I hope not. I hope they're listening. EA, I know you listen to the show. Just just, just leave it. Do what you did with Star Wars, where you just let it happen. Single player. <laughs> so, do you know that, that Jedi Fallen Order? That was fine. Yeah. Leave it. Do that. But yeah, um, that's that. I, I, what I really want to know is, though, what our spooky little listeners, what, what, the, what are they bringing to the table, to, to the Ouija board? So uh, first, up, first up at the Ouija board is uh, Super Natty Cat. Uh, and I, I've, I've already read this email through, and I have concerns. Uh-oh. Um, we have to ring so, the, the authorities. I mean, I would probably in general on her. Okay. She's a bit of a wrong one. Um, <laughs> She says, recent one for, mil- for me, the film Midsummer. Yes. Oh. I really didn't know what I was letting myself in for. A pagan-like festival, a couple of 20-somethings. Yeah, I'm expecting some stabby-stabby and weird shit, but this film takes the absolute biscuit. There's a suicide at the beginning. It's very grim and harrowing, mm. and there's some light-hearted bits in the sun, and it's all bright, and there's flowers and people being nice and saying howdy and stuff to each other at this festival. Did exactly what it meant it to. I was lulled into a sense of mindless slasher. Cue the weird painting of someone eating pubes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Should have clocked that it was getting weird. Yep. Cue the horrific scene at the cliff with the old granny and the man. Starting to think, yep, this is pretty gnarly. And then some people actually ate pubes. Still no idea why. Delicious. And the music gets proper edgy and uncomfortable. The acting is so on point, I genuinely think I'm going mad as the characters are. And then someone starts running around with his dick out, and then it's just uh, crazy. Finally, the film comes to a head in the true hereditary fashion. It's freaking weird, and I can't stop watching horror. It's genuinely horrifying. Mm. The whole, whole film pretty much takes place in broad daylight. It's a beautiful setting with normal people as the protagonists. That's what me makes that's what makes it could have gone down as one of my watch it once from last week, but I think I might watch it again so I can have a good laugh at the bloke running around the field with his flaccid ding dong and pale butt cheek slapping about <laughs> and skip the scary bits. That's well, why she's a wrong Yeah, wrong. When when you come to the uh, modern escapism first live show, you'll see uh, a naked man running around with his flaccid thingy running about. Oh, called Biggie. <laughs> but yeah, but I, yeah I, I really liked brilliant. Midsummer. Mm. It was again after Ariaster's uh, Hereditary, and I tried to not have my expectations because I loved Hereditary so much. I actually enjoyed how different Midsummer was, but it still had that kind of weird off. Had the same edge, of, didn't it? Yeah. For me, it's and that I'd director's like favorite film. My my favorite film of that director. Mm. Oh. I think it just doesn't. What I love about it is it it doesn't rely on what I call like a cheap scare because it's easy to make someone jump. All you do is make a quiet scene followed by a loud noise, and you're not scared. You're just startled, but it's genuinely unsettling. I think when there's no there's no darkness, there's nothing jumping out of the shadows. There's just happiness and light, but there's that sinister undertone all the time. And I think it quite accurately depicts what it's like being on magic mushrooms as well. <laughs> It, more or less spot on, yeah. <laughs> I I think it's I think humans can be the scariest creatures of them all. Because imagine someone coming at you, but you, you could potentially reason with, but they're just not listening. 
Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's frightening. Uh, John Cheatham has said, I've written about it at least once before, but my favourite has to be Resident Evil. Good it's hardly the scariest thing ever, but the number of classic games and such distinct ones too, the hours of joy the series has provided, it's just great. I thought he was going to talk about the movies. <laughs> Get on that Revelations 2, John. And Re- Revelations 1, that's probably the most Japanese of the Re- Resident Evil games, to be fair. Yeah. And, Re- and Revelations 2 you can play in co-op as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'll learn some new swear words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. Moira. Oh, wow. Moira Burton's amazing. She needs more time in the games. Yeah. Uh, Adam Golightly has said, I, I wouldn't say they're scary now, but for me, George A. Romero's Of the Dead series oh, are my yes, favourites. Fond memories watching them when I was probably too young and still enjoy them now. I enjoyed Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake yep, too. Same. Mm. Love it. Game-wise, it has to be Alien Isolation. No. <laughs> I got to the two or three hour mark and had to quit. It was too much for me, so instead of watching a friend stream it, which was also too much for me, <laughs> it's a game I keep recommending to people here. I've never dared play it all myself. That's exactly what I did, Adam. I got, I got to about two, three hours and I was like, I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> I did it on stream, didn't I? And you had me all crying and stuff. You, you, you basically got to the point where the alien arrived. Yeah, nope, 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 playing nope, 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 the most tense games it's ever. It's fucking yeah. scary as fuck. It's incredible. It's brilliant, but it's so tense. I was there's, like, um, I, I was like, I'd, I, I want this game without the alien, please. <laughs> there's, there's a sequence. I think it's around about chapter ten. It's where ten you get chapters. Tra- <laughs> oh, it's got twenty chapters. I got chapter three or something. Um, but it's where you get stuck in. You're in, you're in medical, I think, and you get basically put into a bit of the ship that gets ejected with the alien. So you're <gasps> stuck with the alien. You have to escape. Fuck that into deep space and it it's so fucking tense because you're in a really small environment and you can hear him no matter where you are in in the area you can hear where he is yep. so you're basically trying to run laps around each other and the graphics um, to try in that and, game <sighs> yeah to try and do like there's like three objectives at different ends of the ship uh, this bit of the ship so you've got to press the button here then go to the other is it end a bit to like among us there. <laughs> yeah and you've got to kind of you, like you see you're cycling around each other and like it took me about five attempts to get it and it was just like yes fuck you you little you bastard play and that I threw all... myself at the airlock you played that all by yourself on your own and you just played it yeah what's wrong with you <laughs> three I'll times through I've played it it's scary it's of, as fuck it's one of the only mediums that absolutely nailed the atmosphere of what it's based on oh god yeah the set design in that game just it's absolutely impeccable even down to the showers looking like Showers did on the Nostromo and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, Angry Kurt, best boy, has said, I can probably count on one hand the number of scary things I've consumed in media over the years, <laughs> as it isn't really my thing. I've only ever played one horror game, which was Resi 4, which I could see was excellent, but had to stop playing about halfway through because I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> uh, I've had a little more luck with films, though. Never watched anything horror fans consider scary other than The Blair Witch Project, which put me off horror films for life. <laughs> bad. Uh, Blair Witch However, is not I ha- bad. However, I enjoyed films classed as horror, but are just more tense than really scary. So I want to shout out one of my top ten films, Get Out. Yes, mate. Yes. I watched this in the cinema and loved how it mixed social commentary with really brooding atmosphere and even some humour. I also enjoyed Us and Candyman from Jordan Peele. He's now someone who I will go and see whatever he does, whether it's writing or directing. Yeah, I think that I'd put them down as thrillers rather than horrors. Mm, I know it's yeah. hard to dif- differentiate nowadays because... Even thrillers, I've got jump scares in them and stuff like that. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it reminds me of films, older films like Cape Fear and stuff like that, where it's not. It's, it doesn't feel like horror to me. So yeah, Wasn't I mean, Cape Fear is fucking scary. Like the trailers around <laughs> Get Out didn't it kind of imply it was more of a horror? 
I it, no, when... they they implied it was like a really black comedy. Yeah, there was some mm. weird, like like weird um, some trailers where it's like all these white people smiling and stuff like that, weren't it? Like, yeah, white people, woo, that kind of weird shit. Um, Ray has come in saying, "Hi, modern escapism." All right, Oodles, stick with this one. It gets weird. Okay, but just uh, stick with the point that he's making. Strapped in. Picking films to watch with children can be a difficult task. It's a good start. <laughs> For a kid's film only to make up a small fraction of the entire movie collections. So in some cases, scary movies with a cutesy cover can slip through a parent's eagle eyes and keep children up that family movie night. My mum thought a Disney film with a cartoon rabbit partnering with live-action human detective and an adventure and Doc Brown from Back to the Future has got to provide a great time for a weekend TV night with her son. <laughs> Turned out Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a marvellous experience filled with fun, mystery and suspense for my mother. Me, however... Too little of a child to understand any character growth and hidden message of the movie back then went to bed with the image of Judge Doom's human eyes popping out like marbles and his scream when he's melting in the chemical Killed in the back of my Eddie! mind. As I'm typing this feedback on the scariest night of the air, I find I can't wait to keep this joyful family tradition alive with my children one day. I'll tell you what, the ending to O-Frame Roger Rabbit is frightening. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the fucking, when he, when he puts that, uh, the cartoon shoe in the dip, yep. that's traumatized me yeah. for life. The dip. Yeah. Oh, 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 do you know what? I, cause I've watched Roger Rabbit all my life, and the scariest bit for me when I was really young was when Eddie goes to um, Toontown and there's that, that, that weird Jessica Rabbit that wants to kiss him. It's not Jessica oh, yeah. Rabbit. Oh, yeah. It's like, come here, and he's trying to kiss. I, I used to scare the shit oh, out man. of him. Yeah, a man. <laughs> yeah, I used to scare the shit out of him. Like, I don't want to be kissed by girls. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> it's exactly what I want. Uh, Bobby, uh, uh, so again, Bobby Wayne has come in with a fucking paranormal activity. Yeah. Oh. I don't do scary media, but I took a lady I was trying to impress to the cinema when it came out and actually enjoyed the movie. But since then, I cannot sleep well unless my bedroom door is firmly shut, and if it rattles with a draft, I absolutely <laughs> think of that film and shit myself in bed. For a film that cost $15,000 to make, they got their money's worth and the lasting impression it's made on me. Another favourite was The Crazies remake. Oh, yeah. a fantastic movie. It was jump scare after jump scare for me. Even the obvious bits where you could tell the suspense was building just for a jump scare, I still jumped. Yours, Big Girls Blouse Bobby. Yeah, he's never he's never like scary things, but The Crazies remake is good. But Paranormal Activity never hit home with me. It's Bored the no, fuck out of me. It didn't work for me either. I'm just and like, they all have oh. fairly tenuous links as well. But that's a perfect example of what I was saying earlier, like, like a cheap scare. The rest of the film isn't scary. There's not that kind of dread, really. You're just waiting for the next like big bang to happen. There's something about these found footage films that I'm just like... I was even hesitant with the Blair Witch, and I was young, and I was like, well, somebody found tape. Because so. back then we all thought it were real, didn't we? For well, a while. I said it before that the story that on the, the DVD that explains the Blair Witch mythology mm. is really interesting. That sets up the movie even yeah. better. Yeah. If you just go to the cinema to see the movie, you miss that part of the story that's on the DVD. Well, they had to it, come it out just... in Hollywood saying the actors are still alive. It's yeah. like, I didn't think they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> the, problem, the problem with found footage stuff is... Um, Especially when it's when it's like for for the cinema, it needs to have a narrative, and it's just so unlikely that stuff like that would happen in a way you could build a narrative out of. Yeah. So I automatically just don't believe it. And when shit is happening and going down, you don't turn around to film it. You get the yeah. fuck out of there. The scary thing. The, 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 the scary thing with movie. paranormal activity and stuff is it. Is that what it's called? Paranormal activity. Paran- yeah. I'm thinking of paranautical activity. That's something else, isn't it? Paranormal activity is when things are happening. You don't see. It's just. People being dragged. 
attacked yeah. by nothing. That's not scary. It's not to me anyway. I love getting dragged out of bed <laughs> by ghosts. There was a literal bl- uh, bedsheet ghost as well, and I think it was Paranormal Activity 3. Where they moved the really? bedsheets and there were nothing, nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not I think it suddenly like collapsed on itself. Like You thought yeah. it was one of the kids in the bedsheet. The scary like, shit is the baby being dragged away. Someone save the baby. Nah, that's all right. Might explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not down for them. I, I just think the, the, I tell you what is good. Found for you, wreck. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Wreck's really fucked up. You don't watch that, Bobby. Fucking hell, I'll fuck you up. Ugh. Last, last up, directly from Stigford Manor in deepest, darkest, rich people land. Ah. Stig has come in saying, apologies for not being on this week's podcast to receive all the rightful praise for last week's three-person pod. <laughs> I spoke about that, yeah. <laughs> but I decided to go play rugby on Saturday. Because I'm made of crisps, I went and broke my sternum. So right now I'm resting up, most likely doped up on painkillers and a nice pack on my chest. Didn't think it would be make good for podcasting to me to have me half asleep and crying out in pain every time my body made an involuntary movement or any time I laughed. Anywho, or should I say any boo, Stig, you're a shit writer. Oh, God. <laughs> Despite having watched a plethora of horror films in my life, my Letterboxd is currently sitting at 358 logged. I, is he sponsored by Letterboxd? Yeah, I don't think it makes money from him, but I, it's, it's a be- I think it's, it's a genius way of logging everything that you've watched. I don't even know where to begin. No, me neither. Anyway, he says, I always find them a bit overrated and never scary. For example, I think Hereditary, Miss Midsummer, and The Witch are... Three out of five films at best. You're fucking wrong there, mate. It's proper wrong. So, with all that being said, I want to talk about the one thing that does scare me when it comes to horror, and that's video games. For me, games just hit differently than films do, especially first-person ones. There's something about being in control of an avatar, being able to take things at your own pace, spotting things from the corner of your eye, or hearing the sounds of the thing you're trying to avoid in your ear. By having the scares happen directly to you rather than watching them happen to someone else just makes a better and more immersive experience compared to a film. Gadget touched on PT the other week, which is a perfect example. It fucking is. It is. <laughs> That's why this week, had I been on, I would have brought the excellent 2014 survival horror game Alien Isolation to the table. Oh. Alien Isolation is a single-player FPS where you take control of Amanda Ripley, the daughter of Ellen Ripley, as she wanders around the seemingly abandoned space station Sevastopol looking for clues about her mother's disappearance. Now, despite the ridiculous low ratings this received in the likes of IGN and GameSpot, and I actually looked this up before, you want to hazard a guess at what IGN gave it? Nine Six. out of ten, something like that. Thoughts, Candy? Do you say, I'm going to say... I thought it'd be five. high. No, I'm going to say five. Five point nine. Why? What? What's fucking wrong with them? Marked as mediocre, Alien Isolation erases the memory of colonial marines, but it's still not the great alien game we were what? hoping for. It's so good at being scary, I couldn't finish it's it. It's not even supposed to be the same type of game. That is bollocks, IGN. Grow up. Do you think it was because they were playing it in a brightly lit office and on a time limit? Oh, they wanted it to was do probably review. reviewed by a fucking 18-year-old person that's never seen Alien. Fuck off. I, 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 I think it's more that, it, more that it was reviewed by an arsehole because it was re- reviewed by Ryan McCaffrey who gave 12 minutes 8 out of 10. Wow. His taste in and games we, is fucking shite. I was going to say, we've all seen what the story is for 12 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off, Ryan. I know you listen to this. Fuck Not off. Not to the show. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so despite those low ratings, the game is bloody fantastic and one of my favourite experiences over the last decade. I'm convinced they were looking for they were looking for a different game and just not keen on stealth or, or, and horror. It's brimming with atmosphere, terrifying, challenging, and a very rare example of a big-budget game that lets the protagonist be vulnerable. 
The game takes Alien back to its roots, back to the horror of the first film and not just the marine-style shooter with hordes of xenomorphs to chop through. It really understands what makes the alien creature so terrifying. You do have other enemies within the game like humans and androids, and even though the androids can be scary in their own rights, they can be dispatched with weapons. But it's the alien itself that makes this game so tense and scary. Popping up everywhere the game sees fit, you only have your trusty motion detector to hand to offer any help of its whereabouts. If you're not keeping an eye on that motion detector, you're as good as dead. And there's a real creeping sense of dread when watching that little ball flash and beep on your screen. You know it's near, and you know you have to hide and do it quickly. It's akin to hearing Mr. X's footsteps in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Add to the fact that weapons do nothing to the creature other than some spooking it, your only option is to hightail it or find a hiding spot as it stalks around looking for you. I've never experienced anything more terrifying in gaming than trying to stay away from that thing, either through hiding under a desk or pelting it down a corridor to get away. Running away is even more terrifying when you can't see it, but you can hear its footsteps thudding down the hall behind you, chasing you. Adding to these tense, sweaty feelings of the game, it also offers up a wonderful selection of jump-scare death animations, from being dragged into events to the famous inner mouth prodding into your head. This game oozes fear through its music, its antagonist, its setting, and its storytelling. For my money, the best horror game I've ever played, purely for the fact that it actually scared me to play it, and I'm very tempted to try the VR mod for it too. Idiot. Yeah, yeah, it's right. I, mean, I didn't even know there was a motion sensor in it. I didn't get that far. <laughs> like, I remember when I was... St- yeah, you get that about two chapters after I remember you I was streaming to. it. I picked up that Colt, that revolver, and then the yeah. alien came out, and, and you were going, don't don't bother wasting it. I'm like, I was like Hudson on Aliens. I'm like, game over, man. I was just fucking shooting it, and you're like, he's going to die, and I died. Yeah, yeah, it just makes it angry. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking scary. He's right, though. <coughs> I cannot believe that game got lower. That does what it needs to do. It's it's called Alien as well. Like, there's only one, and that's what's... I've always thought the, the series has been better when there's one. You know what I mean? I mean, spoiler alert, you do get more than one of them. Do you? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I'm definitely not going to finish that. <laughs> uh, just, and and uh, those, those reviews are outliers. It's got, it's got a meta score of 81. Oh, brilliant, then, yeah. Which I, which I think is fair for it. Mm. But like, like you know, Euro Gamer gave it ninety. PC Power Play gave it a hundred. Yeah, so does uh, PC Games N gave it eighty. I think it's. I think it's an important game. I think it. It should. Oh, it's e- a very important game. It should exist, and it's. It's. It's like I think the world build. It's one of, if not the best world building games I've ever. I, like I say, I only spent three or four hours with it before I was too terrified. But that's how I would be in that situation. I wouldn't be able to. Finish the mission. <laughs> as soon as I picked I mean, up that cult, I'd have been sh- shooting me in the fucking face. I mean, I've, I've, I've been, like I say, I've played through it like three times now, and I, I love it every time. It's so tense. Um, th- there's so many scenes where you've got to do something a little bit like Dead Space, something mechanical, but you, like, you've either got the working jaws kind of coming up towards you, mm-hmm. or you know the alien is about, and it's just like, oh, do I have the time to finish this? Do I have the time to get out of here? And, and stuff it has like the Nostromo so add on as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I played that through as well. It's fucking great, and it's got the original yeah. casting. I mean, what? What? Ugh, fuck, I Jen made the dummy head in. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, I just got a message from Stiggy. Uh oh. And he's he's just mentioned that, irrespective of the result of the poll on Twitter, he actually agrees with me that Christian Racing is the better game. Oh, so, okay. Well, that's, that's lovely. Sonny. I appreciate your honesty for that. Funnily Stiggy, enough, I've just received see what happens. I've just received vote. a message from him, and it says. Make sure Gadget absolutely definitely mentions it was rugby I hurt myself on. <laughs> I don't know why he had to me- mention that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you did specify at the beginning. I know. I'm just, he's, he's just making sure that I made sure that you mentioned it was rugby. 
I did mention it. Girls, it was rugby. <laughs> but yeah, is that everything? Yeah, that's everything in the mailbag. Excellent. Thank you. And um, get 12 soon, Stig, you little rugby boy. Um, Candy, have we got some uh, socials to uh, divulge and a sneak peek of what we'll be doing next week? Indeed we do. Um, so as always, you can visit us on our new website, which is modernescapism.co.uk. On there you can find a link to all of our socials, media, contact details and our merch store. If you have any comments, you can either tweet us or you can email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com or you can go to our website and you'll find a nice, easy form to fill in. You can join us on our Discord server for a nice chat. Um, If you've got any feedback, we'll read it in there as well. If you fancy watching us fumble our way through some games, you can find us on Twitch on twitch.tv slash modernescapism. Biggie, you rage quit. I saw you last week. Fuck that game at the minute. Which bit are you on? I'm in the Tomb of the Giants where you can't see shit. Because you haven't got a lantern. I do have the lantern, but you have to drop it to fight. So when He's trying to teach you that the, the shield is not everything. I'm not even using a shield. Oh. Can't you have it in one hand? No, because I've got the lantern, I've got my spear, and I'm trying to kill things with it. I can't not drop the lantern and have it. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Oh, I can't oh, remember having massive difficulties with too much ice, can you? Because it? you can't see anything. No, it's just it, 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 it's one of those. I mean, to be fair though, every time I go to the Tomb of the Giants, I've always ended up getting the sunlight maggot. Same. Which I think he's missed the, missed the chance. I think for. that's a hindsight thing, is it? So it's not been to, it's not been to New Lando yet. No. Oh my I mean, god. I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Biggie, you can go in two different directions if you find Tomb of the Giants too much of a bother. I can't even find any four direction directions. at the minute. I just got lost. I didn't know where I was going. I was getting frustrated. So, okay, if it's if it's if it's getting too much for you, go back. There is there is one area you can get to from Filing Shrine. Yep. And there is one area you can get to from the Anor Londo bonfire. Yep. So yeah, that's what the you game does. Just... Once you've got the Lord Vessel, you can go do things. Yeah, I appreciate you can walk, but to me, it felt like I'm supposed. No, I mean to you can go in four different area, directions. No, I, I mean you, like, you, I don't you, like it. Yeah, you, you you do will have to go to that area. <laughs> I get that. I'm sure. But you can t- take take it as the Metroidvania it is. Bugger off and go somewhere yeah. else for a while. But I I thought I'd, before I'd calmly rage quit. But calmly really, rage quit. I well I, I politely said that's it for me and I'm done. But I was literally looking at the screen like I want to punch it right now, which I very rarely do. <laughs> you disappeared very quickly. I think you just pulled the plug out of the wall. Hey, Biggie, do you know in Demon Souls, it's very similar, but there's no bonfires. So what, how do you feel about that? You've just got to get through a level. Yeah, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, I do like the game, and I'm going to complete it, whatever I do. Yeah, but next year. Just, well, maybe. But, um, I think that's a given, given how long, long, long left in this year there is. Yeah. But yeah, but just remember, I only play it the day that I stream. I don't play it in between. I'm not doing any levelling. I'm just basically... Trying to remember how on earth I play it whenever I stream it. Yeah, that must, be, that must be a fucker, that. Yeah. That's what I was doing on Bioshock, weren't I? When I kind of just go, just using all my bullets as soon as I loaded up. But it has this love hate relationship with me. I like the game and I, want, I feel good when I do something in it. Yeah. But it nearly broke me on Monday. You should play two after yeah, this. Yeah, try, try, try going to New London or go to the Duke's archives. Just go somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, moving on because it's obviously still a. So subject. Uh, I'm not playing Wednesday. it tomorrow. I'm telling you, <laughs> a week break. It won't be tomorrow <laughs> when they listen to this. It doesn't matter. Time. <laughs> uh, anyway, Gadget has a uh, 
he's playing his way through Fallout 4 on survival mode on Wednesdays. Yes. Been a while since I saw that. So you also did that random that one. one yesterday. What was that? Oh, so yeah, so I played I played uh, Inscription. What's that? Um, it's a it's a, it's a really weird. It's a very much a devolver digital game. Okay, so it's got SAS, um, has it? It's got SAS. It's got weirdness. It's a uh, it it's hard to describe. It takes elements of like Slay the Spire. I'm in. Um, so it's like <laughs> um, like kind of card rogue like uh, kind of game. Uh, a little bits of kind of like Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. where you're actually doing a direct card battling game. Wow. Uh, some of the cards talk to you, like Hearthstone, because there's no because their souls trapped in cards. What? <laughs> You've been kidnapped by some weird person who all you can see is these two kind of ominous blue eyes staring at I'm you out. in the dark. <laughs> um, he will. It, it's his kind of designed game, so it he, he's he's almost like D and D at times because he he's playing characters. So you'll put on like a mask of a merchant or a mask of a boss. And you have to fight. But DMs are notorious get... bastards, aren't they? Oh, we are. <laughs> um, you can get up from the table, and there are puzzles in the room to solve. What? And uh, I played a little bit more of it today, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, but uh, basically, once you beat him, um, it, it turns into something else. What? What's this on? Uh, PC. Fuck's sake! It's incredible, though. It's so good. Devolver, mm. stop bringing out good shit. Yeah, they are knocking out the park every time, aren't they? I really trust Devolver. I like, do every now. Time I see games published by Devolver. It's just like, there's a very good chance I'm going to like this. Yeah, and they're usually, usually well priced as well. Well, I mean, I paid £15 for it in the Steam God, sale. I love it. And it's only been out a week. Oh, yes. <laughs> Would it run on a semi decent laptop? Yeah, it doesn't need much to run. I'm in. Uh, but yes, as to as to Candy's point, yes, uh, Fallout 4 Survival Mode, I am playing it. I'm surprised uh, you've got this week. far on it, me, mate, because I've been watching your, your little streams, and I'm impressed. I mean, uh, what did I do last time? I did Core Vega. Yeah. I did the USAF Airbase, yes. which I did not expect to get through. I didn't. Um, I actually managed, the last time I streamed it, I managed to do an entire episode of their dying. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't die at all. Which is a first for me. Your build um, setup's really good. It's because he's got he's got that he knows where things are. He's clever. He's, he's planned it in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, can't, I, I know the kind of build I'm going. He knows for where he's I know where I'm going. But the I mean the next place I'm headed, I'm going to he- I'm heading to rescue Nick Valentine next, and that's Oof. that's not an easy quest. That's easy on normal. <laughs> the trigger men are bastards. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, that that one's probably going to be several deaths for me. I look forward to that. And then on Thursdays, I have my horror stream and I'm currently playing Soma and I've only played it once so far. So I'm quite early in the game. So if you want to jump in that, I did manage to break it. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. I really I do like wish Soma. I hadn't broken the game, but mm. it's me we're talking about. So it's going to happen. And then uh, Sticker Noodles host variety streams throughout the week. And your best bet is just you know, to check. Twitter. I haven't done one since June. <laughs> Very. Very occasionally, oodles will stream. So if you're lucky, you might catch when, a glimpse. Yeah, when I said I was go- I was bored and I was going to stream a, 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 a inscription, he's like, "It's Saturday. It's my stream day. Are you streaming today?" No. <laughs> I, I I just learnt today actually. I can hook up the PS4 camera for the PS5. Yes, you can. I wish I'd have known this months ago. Well, so you'll be streaming this week, will you? Potentially, yeah. That's a lie. <laughs> You'll be out getting pissed on Dragon Soup somewhere. No, I'm, not, I'm not going out this weekend. No. Nope. 
Because the weekend after, stre- I've got so something better planned. What are you streaming, then? What are you streaming? Um, I might stream Dark Souls 1 and beat it in one sitting. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Imagine that fucking gut punch to him. I could probably do it in five hours. You would break his heart. <laughs> I might just do that to piss you off. <laughs> I might start early about six o'clock in the evening and just beat Dark Souls before midnight. <laughs> And then we've got our Patreon. We've already spoken about it, so I won't bang on, but we've got three tiers, five for modern escapism, five for Scorch, modern escapees, sorry, five pound for Scorch Sheep, or seven pound fifty for the biggie bundle, which gives you everything. And that's everything pounds, not can. dollars. But yeah, pounds. The, uh, the Queen's currency. <laughs> if you've enjoyed our podcast, please, please, please leave us a five-star review where you can. It really helps get us seen, and we just really appreciate it. If you've got any comments or suggestions, you can give us a five-star review, and we'll all, we, we read all of them. Um, so it really does lend a hand. Now, next week, we have a special guest on. We have... Stick. Being... <laughs> yeah, if we're lucky. <laughs> if, he, if he hasn't had another fall. Another uh, tumble. <laughs> We have uh, Ross Tregenza joining us, who is a sound designer and composer. He's worked on games such as Time Splitters, Gears of War, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Sonic Racing, and recently Cyberpunk and Deathloop. So please write in if you've got any questions for Ross. But he went on this episode when we talked about Deathloop. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Well, he... I loved it. <laughs> he didn't design it. It's fine. He just I might like it. it by then anyway. Does he, does he know who we can ask for when uh, Cyberpunk is going to be fixed? <laughs> but I don't think they know. Probably best not to mention that. I've still got that waiting. I've still got Cyberpunk waiting. It's waiting. I mean, the music worked, isn't it? The music's brilliant in Cyberpunk. Mm. Cool. So that'll be, that'll be nice to look forward to. Another superstar special guest on your on everyone's favourite superstar special podcast. <laughs> but the, yeah, that is it for you... Um, Tight bastards that don't want to pay us. Um, I hope you had a great Halloween. I hope you had a good. I hope you have a good uh, bonfire night if you're in England, uh, Britain. I don't know who celebrates. Is it just English? I don't know. But yeah, yeah, bonfire. Yeah, it's just English. Yeah, yeah. bonfire night. Yay, fireworks! So all your animals are going to be shitting themselves. Uh, and if you joined Patreon, you'd find out how Stig really broke. Yes, absolutely, because for everyone else that do pay on Patreon, they're going to meet us around the back in a second for secrets from the void, basically. So, yeah, (laughs) for everyone else, goodbye. Gadget, you just said dune instead of down, so you can't talk to me about how I say dune. <laughs> yes, but I can talk. I can say how you say dune. <laughs> dune. 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 I'm going dune. Come dune here and say that. I'll go dune there and I'll tell you, Reet. <laughs> okay, I think I don't think they're speaking English, Biggie. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but quite. Like, I'll come. I'll come down there. I'll fucking back your face in, like. <laughs> Pourquoi? Something about TV, I think. I have no idea. <laughs>